Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rise of Drekus, Chapter 1, Episode 3. How are you doing, Faye? Um, doing pretty good. A little tired. It's been a, a long week. Um, but it? I mean, you had an even longer week than me, so I'm not even complaining. And we have big plans so, uh, for today. So, yeah, looking mm -hmm. forward to it. Excellent. Well, uh, why don't we start off by figuring out where we left off and then we can go into the game and you can. I don't I'm still not sure what your plan is, so I can't project project it into the future. <laughs> Maybe it's to kill the deserters. Okay. Maybe it's to join the deserters. Maybe it's um. I don't know. I'm still not entirely certain. You've been ruthless so far, but at the same time, like. Kind of didn't want that one guy to get killed, but now you're like happily slaughtering these people. I don't know where you are. We'll find out. But where are we? So <clears throat> I, I would like to say that I never happily slaughter anybody, okay? It's just all for the good of mankind, if anything. So, um, right. Um, last session, we have finally found the shipwreck of the Alma, which was that... Um, mm ship that shipwrecked like in front of the coast mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and that had the allegedly the uh, deserters on board mm -hmm. um the ship was entirely stranded and people on there were hungry uh, tired hurt and had no way to get off um mm -hmm. that icy cliff they were on so um elaine and um her capable men um built a raft to cross the icy water and get these people across um it was quite the challenge because they were surprised by a blizzard or rather mm -hmm. snowstorm as they were um, building the raft and some doubts came up whether they should abandon that um the expedition at that point and go back to the camp but they decided to pull through um, and uh, actually managed to save the people on the boat, who then, um, in return, came back to uh, Elaine's and her people's camp and uh, talked to them a little bit more about the deserters and what was going on. And um, it turned out that um, it wasn't quite what we anticipated. What we anticipated was that the uh, Solnese part um, of the army that was with the Trachisian people uh, and formed like one mixed group, that they were the ones who were, you know, the deserters and who had betrayed our army. But apparently those people actually tried to pull through and fulfill the mission they were on. And the Trachisian people, um, especially uh, cleric. So in my notes, it says Ilza. That's the name you gave me, but you keep calling her Elise, so I'm not sure which one it is. I, it's I-L-L-S-E? So if it's a German yeah. name, it would be Ilse. I-L-S-E, Ilse? Ilse? Yep. Ilse, yep. That is what it was written down, but Ilse, <laughs> Elise, it's, you know, it's a couple of weird sounds thrown together with an L and an S in there. Um, okay. Ilse, Elise, same, same, no? No. Okay, so for Neil, it's same, same. I'll, I'll call <laughs> it's not even remotely. So, Cleric Ilza, um, who's a cleric of Mathis, the uh, god of knowledge, um, has apparently um, yeah, taken charge, abandoned the ship, and has led a group of people up 
um, the mountain to some sort of strange light, mm-hmm. uh, a pylon or some sort of light up there, um, and has told people that uh, the Queen of Drakkar has been possessed by demons and mm. that, you know, mm-hmm. she's not trustworthy anymore. Um, so, yeah, we decided to investigate, mm-hmm. um, made our way up the mountain for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elaine and Willa managed to actually catch uh, one of the uh, deserters and mm. uh, brought them in for questioning. What was that? And name? um, hmm, Neil, I can't remember. Can you remember what? No, his name was. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I thought you took. Notes. See, where's actually my notes? I did. His name was Grippin. Grippin oh, was the one who was yes. captured. Um, by us. And Grippin was not a very smart man. Um, he uh, decided to tell all of this story um, to Elaine. And um, Elaine, in exchange, said that, you know, she was going to um, take care of the situation. But what the two understand um, of that is very different. So Grippin thinks Elaine is currently going up the mountain to meet up with the people who are stationed up at the pylon or light, um, and there's also a mine up there, um, to go and talk to them, while uh, Elaine thought this would be probably a good opportunity, since the enemies are split to go up there and clear out um, that position, that vantage Mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are currently. So uh, Elaine and a group of her soldiers have snuck up the mountain and have uh, stealthily... um, attacked that mine yeah you got uh, we are currently to in combat and, i believe and assassinated not assassinated but shot one of the, the guys <clears throat> on patrol killed one of the people carrying we, a log yes. sent two fighters off to go deal with one of the woodsmen that you can still hear and your two spearmen went into the we mine killed two people with the log two what one two log running people. away is that the guy who's going into the mine? Okay, so one yeah. log person, one person who was uh, on the lookout, one person, at least one person is still like in the woods and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, with all of that said, we are just going to hop into what is actually mid-combat. <clears throat> so uh, here we are. We're going to come down to the bottom of the map. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, you can see right away before as I'm getting the combat music going on, as you enter into the mine, you can see the source of the light in the mine that is shining out. It is a large fire. Now, this token has a has a little bit of a brazier around it. It doesn't have the brazier. It's just a bunch of logs piled together, but it's hard to find large fire tokens for exactly what you need. So it's a big pile of logs just inside, uh, blazing full of light, shining out the front, but also illuminating the rest of the area. And it's hot. Um, you definitely can like slide past it over here, but it's a very uncomfortable area to be hanging out next to. Um, and I think from your positioning, you can see that there are a couple of other fighters slightly deeper in the mine. Yeah. Yep, I see at least two more people. Excellent. Okay, well, why don't we three open up the turn three. order? Oh no. Oh, no. Bad. See, in order to get that really cool, um, 
turn tracker on the top of the screen. I have to do some fancy schmancy nonsense with CSS. Uh, but every now and then, Roll20 changes the tags and the IDs, and now our turn orders are not, not behaving appropriately. Oh, no. Uh, okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're not going to have the fancy turn order. So, uh, would everyone please roll me initiative? I will roll for your minions. Sorry, right, your beloved soldiers who you care deeply about. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, you know their names, I'm sure. Do you want me to give them? Names? I'm just pointing out. I'm pretty sure we so had a challenge, Neil. I I have enough trust in my naming abilities. Okay, that I'm convinced that I would be able to name them better than you would. Griffin is a great name, you're... okay? Yeah, right. It would be Griffin, Carl, Jimmy, Johnny, Bobby, Otto, <laughs> Otto 2, Jimmy again. Then there's like one girl in there who's called like Sandra or something. <laughs> you're killing it. I love these names. These are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Okay, never mind. <laughs> okay, are going to come after you if you keep making fun of Griffin. This is a life and death situation, okay, people? Very serial. Uh, very serial. Okay, what was I doing? I was rolling initiative. Selecting the token so Neil doesn't get angry. Actually, um, in this situation, you don't need to because we're not using the turn trackers. Oh, I'll still... What if I still do it, Neil? What then? I, I don't know. But yeah, I'm actually curious, so hold on. We'll probably open the turn tracker and I'll close it again. Okay, we'll do that then. Um, so... Just for, just for my knowledge's sake, since I'm wearing a shield, I cannot change in combat between bow and my sh my sword. Right, I'm stuck with my sword because there's no way I can be like, all right. It takes a round to take your shield off, which is great because your allies are in front of you. You're not going to be able to stab anyone this round. Right, Elaine Pentelin. First of your name, you go first. Also, last of your name. I'm so sorry. You go first. I can still adopt, thank you very much. Um That's true. Right. So I can't really attack with my sword. Because that like I have two people in front of me that are blocking me. Yeah. Okay. So instead, um, I will just shout down the hallway. Okay, I will shout, In the name of Drekkers, we've come to save you. Surrender if you want to come with us. We have one minute, correct? Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I know yeah, what yeah. I said. I know what yeah, I said. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, I'm here to save you. Surrender. Yeah. Well, they know, they know that they are technically against me, you know? They yeah. should be aware. Yeah, all right. Well, um, we're going to just take some dice. We're going to roll them. We're just going to see where it lands. <laughs> They're like, no. yes, we're coming with you? No, no that would be nice. Yeah, no, no, that would be nice, but um, the dice were not that lucky today. 
no. <clears throat> Instead, you get a full back, Jimmy. Full back. Ah, there you go. That's what you get for the sass. Uh, and next up is a person who we're not going to worry about, and a person we're not going to worry about, and your fighter on the left. What would you like? Probably attacking with the spear, right? This is the order that you had given them was to come in here and, and to follow that person and yeah, bring him down if they keep yeah. running. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, my boy. Oh, my you want to roll me an additional d6 for damage here because he definitely crits this. This Jimmy. Oh. oh, let's go. Nine points what of damage. Down goes Jimmy. They never survive very long, do they? Um, and this soldier who was successful will then take movement to about the midpoint here. That person. Um, and then this one will move up as well, partway into the hallway. Now, the fire here is bright, and it casts these long shadows in the hallway. And Well, the walls are a little bit icy. It reflects a little bit of light. It casts shadows deeper in. Um, but it does cause a little bit of problems. If you're looking into the flames, you're going to have penalties to hit. Whereas if the flames are backlighting you, no penalties to hit. Um, so your soldiers will deal with this person and move up in an orderly fashion, not suiciding in. They're well-trained Rakissian soldiers. They'll, they'll move to this point. And um, we can roll initiative for the next round, unless you have something you want to say or do. Um... No, I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, I think the only thing I would yell would be corner, because it seems like there would be a pathway on the left-hand side. Mm -hmm. right, so I just remind them in good old Rakissian fashion that if you approach the enemy, you got to check to the left-hand side before you get hit by, you know, the rolling boulder or whatever. So right, that's, that's all right. I would do, and then I would move up with them. Okay. Um, could I still prepare an action to attack, even if I wasn't, you know? Like, uh... Um, so, so on your turn, you want to like, move, move and attack, and ready. right? You could move and attack, or you could ready in action, or move and ready in action. Well, can I ready... So, if I go after them, right? I could ready, I will move and attack, um, yeah, if there's space on the left side. delay. That is a thing? Yes, I, wanna, I would like to delay, then. Okay, they're just going to delay until after your allies. That is fine. Uh, first up are your two people. They both go at seven initiative. They both rolled ones on their initiative. And so in lockstep together, they will shield wall their way forward. Um, coming to about this point where they will be met by their enemies who have readied actions for as soon as somebody comes into range. And uh, on the left, as you had said, corner, there is an axeman there who is one of these mercenaries. He's one of these um, hired Salamese second level fighters with a, a battle mm -hmm. axe and a shield. And he would probably normally have some sort of armor on, but like all these other people, the armor has been cast aside to travel more easily in the winter environment. And he'll bring his battle axe forward across the shoulders of, you know, one of these nameless people that you don't care about uh, with a seven hit. Not good enough. On the other side of the battlefield, the Spearman, ready in action last round, will go with a thrust. A 15 is just shy of a hit, uh, because now that they're shield wall, they have 17 AC. And uh, your your dudes, 
your girls will take a stab. One on the right is a miss. One on the left towards the axe is 13. Actually, hits a hit. For six points of damage. There we go. La 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 la. You are delaying. I don't know what you're delaying for. But it sounds like the enemies get to retaliate now. Yeah, there's no space for me to um, attack on the left side, unfortunately. Yep. These two will move up. They will lock their shields. And both of these on the left, on the right, I'm sorry, will stab against your spearman on the right. 14, no good. 5, no good. Um, and the axe guy will take... will take his attack. Uh, which is an 11. All these are at minus 1. None of these hit. And Elaine, I guess you just have movement at the end of the round, wherever you might want to go. Um, I can't go through my ally square, right? I can't squeeze through. In this situation, they're shield walled, they're stuck together. Um, you couldn't go through at all. No. Okay. Um. You could leave the fight for them uh, because you can hear sounds of combat outside. Behind you, there is the shouting of the people who have seemingly found the logger, and there's curses and the sounds of clashing steel on swords, uh, or steel on steel and steel on wood, uh, and maybe the occasional twang of a bow and a whistle of an arrow. Those are words. Okay, is there such a thing as um, disadvantage? No, not disadvantage, sorry. Is there such a thing as um, my people will be in peril if I use a ranged weapon? Absolutely. Because I. Um, yeah, okay. if, they're for, if they're forming a full shield wall, you're not going to be able to shoot over them. That is one of the disadvantages. Uh, of the yeah. shield wall, well. Yeah. I'll go, yeah. I'll... Okay, I'll yell at them, keep pushing forward, and then I'll turn around and I'll, like, step out of the mine and see what's going on. Okay, uh, yep. We're not that far in, right? We're right at the entrance. Oh, yeah, right at the entrance. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're what, 50 feet in at most? Fine. All right. Um, you can step outside and the sounds of the inner side combat, which is really echoing in these halls in here, right? You've got the spears and the shields that are clattering, and with the confines of the cave, the sounds are just echoing all over the place. But when you step out onto the mountaintop, um, you're actually hit instead with like gusts of wind and the, the sort of distant echoes of combat being softened by the snow on the ground. You can look about, you can try and take, you know, make an assessment of the situation. The the bow folks have moved on up and they're sort of next to you, a little little behind you, but in that same sort of area right out front of the mines. The, one of them is grabbing the body of the archer who was above the, the mine shaft and is dragging them down to, you know, take a look, make sure they're dead, see if there's anything interesting on them. The other is guarding the area, um, keeping an eye out, mm-hmm. and you can see the footprints in the snow of your soldiers who have gone in the direction of all of the other trudge marks where the the woodcutters are. So that is who's still left of them? There's Willa. Mm-hmm. And two, what? How many people? Two spears and two bows. Yeah, you brought four spearmen, two archers, and Willa with you. Yes. Um. Okay. Can I sprint down that way? Is that possible? Towards the woodsman. Yes, and I'll yell at the I'll, I'll yell at the archer and send him in. I said, "Leave the corpse, run into the run into the cave, take care of the cave." I'll yell at the guy who is uh, the bow. Okay. Okay. He's joining the others, and I'm going outside. I'm gonna pull something. Different. 
because based uh, on my information, archer two archers in. Uh, if there are two outside, then uh, one archer. Uh, based on my information, there shouldn't be that many more people up here. But you know, you never know. Maybe there's another polar bear. Uh, that um, polar bear seems to have scarred you in some way, shape, or form. Is that right? Yeah, you think? Well, my entire shoulder is scarred, Neil, so I think that is the correct assessment. Quick combat, when you happening. Uh, plus one to... This. Uh, would you roll me a d6 for damage, please? Am I rolling for my people or for yours? You're not telling me. Your you. people. All right. Fifty-six. All Three. right. I'll check. Failed. Okay. And uh, I'm just gonna move your camera away. You know, no. Just, just away for a moment. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. All right. So the next round. Yep. Well, Neil, if I was... Okay, so if I'm going out and I talk, does that take up my entire turn, or do I already start oh, running just, at least? If it's short orders, it's fine. Like, you go in there, okay. totally legit. Okay, so I, I assume I've already made some, like, made some distance towards the direction the footsteps are going to. It was good on morale checks. It was good on morale checks. Okay, great. So you've come out of the mm -hmm. mine. You've sent in an archer to go assist your people. You can hear the fighting from in there, and you run towards the other side of the mountain. Quick set of attacks over here. Bad luck on poor people. Not great luck on the enemy people. One, two... Ah, ah, ah. Um, so you come around the corner and you will see your two spearmen engaged in combat. Um, there's a pair of axemen. Actually, they're the regular Drakissian soldiers, right? But they've got these wood axes and they're just sort of felling at these trees. And there's a pile of um, branches that they've hacked off the trees to like slim them down. And there's a tree that they are working on either side of. Um, but they've since stopped that activity and they've got these big two-handed wood axes, which are like slow and cumbersome, but they, they do pack a wallop. Um, and they're squaring off against your pair of spearmen who are, you know, next to each other, but the woodmen are, the, the woodsmen are spread out far enough that you can't quite shield wall against them. Like they, they move to either side. Um, and it's just, it's a, a pair of one-on-one -on -one battles over here. Now this area is quite a bit wider, so there is room for you to come and get involved. I did not prepare the side of the battle because I thought you were going into the mines and... Well, oh. I didn't want it to, and then you decided that it's only two by two, and I'm like, all right, I guess. What am well, I gonna do, stand in the back? It's fine, it's fine. Let's it's go, Drakus. It's fine, all right. So two enemies with axes, uh, two <clears> allies <throat> with spears, and we're gonna tone down the sounds of the winds. And why don't you roll into initiative with these other people? New try. Wood axes are slow. 
I am slow as well. You are not as slow as these wood axes. Well, that's good. All right. Uh, the first up is one of your spearmen who steps towards one of the wood axers, this time actually landing a hit. Would you roll me a d6 for damage, please, ma'am? Three damage. Uh, three damage on a deserter who has how much HP? Three HP. Yeah. The first spearman, as you as you're running up to the line, jabs one of these axemen through the gut, and the axeman drops to the ground. Door nail. The next person to go is actually you, Elaine. So you can see the other spearman is squaring off against the one remaining axeman, but you are jogging up behind, and you can easily find a position here. Now is this a straight come and kill him? Is this a uh, shove him off the mountain? Is this Can let I kick your spearman... him off the mountain? No. Um, <clears throat> how, so does he look emaciated and weak and like all does the he look well fed and like all the others? Okay. Like all the others, he looks um... thin. Real thin. And having a hard time of it. Like he's underfed, cutting trees on the top of a mountain. Mm-hmm. With a very heavy and very big axe. Okay. Yeah. Um can I can I walk up to him or would I need to charge? No, you've to got make it plenty a... of time to walk up to him. One minute rounds, you can do a nice, you know, slow Darth Vader stride okay. towards him. Okay. Um I will walk up to him and I'll try to non lethally attack him with my arming sword. Excellent. It's a penalty of four to hit, but that shouldn't be hard for you, because he's just ten AC. No, it is very hard. I've been trudging through the snow. I've been in and out of this cave. You know, I'm a little you know, bit out of breath, and I, I just miss. It happens. Yeah, it happens. You, you kick some snow. It falls down into your boot. It's getting like really cold on the side of your foot, and then there's an uncomfortable rock, and you know, you're just you're not in best form at this moment. Lane. I'm not some delicate flower. I'm not deterred by some rock next to my shoe. Neil, what are you talking about? Jesus Christ. Oh. Leading an army is hard work, okay? It's so hard work. It's the trudging. It's the exhaustion of running up the mountain and through the snow. Yeah. And this is like it, there's a lot of fast combat. There's a lot of quick decisions you need to make, you know? So mm -hmm. a lot going on. While your non-lethal misses, your spearman directly hits... It's with a natural 16. Four damage. Um, four damage will drop the Axeman to the ground uh, as right. blood begins to flow from his side now. I will turn to the Spearman and I'll say, is that all of them? Have you seen anybody else out here? Uh, they shake their heads. Don't know, Captain. Uh, Lieutenant. All and right. then they, they point further down the, the path around the, this top area. Should we keep going? And when you say around, is it like they would come back to this place after rounding? Maybe, maybe not. But like, you know, there's a path out of the mountain. There's a path down that you came. And then yep. there's been this path that they've been logging on the side. And there's clearly trudge marks. Like people have gone further into this like upper peaked wooded area. Um, but with the, the jutting and the, the recessing of the mountain and all the trees, it's hard to tell if there's anything out there. And with the snow okay, on the ground, you can't really hear anything out from around there. Would you have the better vantage point seeing, like, down the path from here? No, actually, there is not a better vantage point to the trail coming up the mountain on this side. Okay. 
Um, I'll tell them, try to find a vantage point up here from which you can see the people coming up this path, guarded. If you find anything, one of you comes in and reports towards the mine. Excellent. Back in the mine, um, I guess this guy probably needs a back, but that's actually pretty good. So we have... do a uh, miss miss 16 ought to be hit but the enemy fighters are looking into the bright light so it's a miss 18 will hit and do ooh six points of damage oh that's a lot of damage that's a lot of damage um so what is your what are you doing elaine um, well i've given my orders here so i'm heading back uh, to the mine Okay. I take it in front, nothing has changed so far? Right, nothing has changed. You've got the one bowman who went into the mine, and you've got the other mm -hmm. bowman, and what was her name? Willa? <clears throat> who's chilling yeah. out back. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Willa, any, has anybody else come across here? Your head. No? Okay, we'll run to, I'll run towards the mine then. Right. Oh, we'll hit crit. Or six points of damage. Oh, now you're rolling. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes you just need to uh, to move things along. Um, mm. So as you're coming to the mine and you talk to Will about anything having changed, you will see one of these two beloved but yet still unnamed spearmen backing out of the mine um, with fresh wounds, leaving a, a little okay. trail of blood um, in front of them as they like back out with their spear in front of them and mm -hmm. come all mm -hmm. the way to the entrance. All right. Um, so he comes all the way to me. Mm -hmm. I'll rush. I'll uh, take my shield. And I'll rush past him into the mine. Right. Um, I guess. Sorry. The archer also came out with him. Got to mention the archer. both of them. Just one okay. spearman and one archer, but the other spearman did not come out. Is not, did not come out. Okay. All right. Out. I'll say a report. Uh, Janet's dead, Lieutenant. And the others? Got one of the spearmen. Axemen ran off, but I, I... And they point to their own wounds. They are, they are wounded now. They are at two out of six HP. Okay, I want Willa and the other bowmen who are still outside to come with me, and we're heading inside. All right, so it's you, two bowmen, and Willa? No, me, Willa, and one bowman. You, Willa, and one bowman. Okay. We don't have any more spearmen out here, I think, right? Uh, no, you spent the other That's two it. to go search the, the other All side. All right. Yep. <clears throat> okay, so there's you, there's a bowman, and there is Willa, who is currently geared out to be a bow fighter, but does have a short sword in hand if they need to change. Okay. All right, so you can um, see the first I'll tell guy. Willa to, I'll tell Willa to grab a sword for now. Okay, um, okay. first dead guy. I will walk yeah. up. Yeah, if I can. I'm going to mark this one as an archer, just so we're not confused. Yeah, so you can you can move to there. Um, you can see that there are... Whoops, that is not what I meant to do. Uh, you can see that there are a couple of dead. One enemy spearman dead, one allied spearman dead. Um, right. So yeah. uh, they had the axemen earlier when I was there, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, where does the blood trail lead? 
Well, leads this way and up that corridor. Okay, I'd like to move up there with my group then. You're bringing all three of you? Oh, we're, yeah, I'm bringing all three. All right. And the corpse, apparently. Let's let's uh, slow this down a little bit because now you're in an unfamiliar cave that mm-hmm. is a little bit dark. Actually, it's going to be become very dark as soon as you leave sight of where... I've placed lighting because it, it is sort of a icy cave and so there's going mm-hmm. to be a little bit of a reflection of light but mm-hmm. it's going to get darker and darker the further okay in you... i'll hand willa my lantern then she's behind me so she has a sword and a lantern that's possible right that is absolutely possible short sword and lantern Pull up my lamp get a book but i left it in the room i'll be right back all right so the cave is really really dark i mean all the flames that came from the entrance um almost don't reach this area around here so it's quite dark when i tell willa to uh, grab my lantern as she's trying to light it with my uh with my flint and tinder I guess uh, the adrenaline slows down a little bit. Um, I don't feel as much pain from breathing in the lungs because there's been a lot of running around. And I'm mentally preparing to keep walking and skulk around uh, the corners of this very dark cave. Chapter 13, Vision and Light. Uh, Hooded lantern, light radius 30. Give her. There we go. So Willa should be broadcasting light now out to 30 feet. Mm-hmm. Ah. Like her. No, no, that's fine. He... We're over here. That's perfect. Okay. Alrighty. So, in this mine, hold. It is quiet. You have nice, heavy boots on. The ground is frozen. It's dirt, but it's like frozen dirt. Um, some stone in some areas. Um, and when you walk, it's going to like crackle, crackle, crackle. And since there's not the, the wind outside near you anymore or the big roaring fire making a whole bunch of hissing and popping sounds, wherever you go, they're likely to hear you arrive or mm-hmm. see them. Mm-hmm. Now that the scene is set... Raise my shield up in front of me uh, to make sure that, you know, if anybody rounds a corner, I'm, I'm right there. I'll mm-hmm. tell, um, well, it's a bowman, so I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll tell uh, Julia, who's here in the back with the bow, to um, ready an attack. Okay, so in case we round the corner and spot an enemy that she can let loose an arrow. So, mm-hmm. you know, she had a, should have an arrow knocked. Excellent. Knocked. 
Um, and then I will slowly move forward. Um, do I see the blood splatters on the ground? Do they go to the left side, to the right side? Um, let's see how much this guy is bleeding. What is his max HP versus current HP? Ah, that's the button. Okay, so I need a weird sized die. Yeah. You can see that the blood, um, the drips are not super frequent. It's not like a, a nice long trail, but it'll be like splotch and then line and then a break and then splotch, splotch and then break and then line. But it heads this way. It does not seem to go around this corner. Okay, then we will, I will squeeze past here and then I will quickly uh, with, with my shield, you know, have like a look down this corridor before moving on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can get to this spot and you can try to look down that corridor but without any light, it is just hard. It's just dark. Well, the wave will let you move up a little bit. You will come up with the lantern and you'll see it's a bit of a dead end. Okay, we'll move, we'll keep moving then into that direction here. Should I just move all of them or? Yeah, just in small bursts like that. Um, that's enough for now. These dice rolls will indicate uh, this. Okay, keep going. Now, Willa is behind two layers of people, so she is going to be having some serious difficulty shooting past both of you without killing or hitting either Willa of you. Willa doesn't have the bow. Sorry. You mean Julia? I mean Julia. Yes. Yes. Sorry, your NPCs are so generic. I can't. I can't get well, I'm past sorry. Their names. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, it seems to be fine. I'm looking around the corner. Neil, I can see them. Yeah. I'm just letting you know. How can you see them? <gasps> I don't know, but I'm letting you know. Person. Oh my I'm god. An honest person? Oh, how do I. This is an unforeseen problem. The dead give you vision. Ah, <sighs> yes. Oh no. All right, hold on. I'm gonna. That's what I call honorable, you know? Even well, in I, death, I they are it still on the serving. Same time, but I appreciate your honesty to re randomize well, their actions. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you never know, say we turn around and rush down the corridor. As you please. Is it? No, we keep, you yeah, know, we keep walking. It's okay. All right. You can keep walking. You said it's dead quiet in here, so I assume if somebody was like running down, we Someone could probably was hear running. It. Yeah. So we're going to move you up a little bit more quickly. Um, you'll come to this sort of. Y intersection near the top of the cave. Mm -hmm. Back of the cave, I should say. Yep. Yep. Uh, now, while you, the this area over here is quite dark, um, looking out this way, you can still see fairly well. Um, there must be mm -hmm. a relatively straight shot that fire is still casting light this way. So this, this area over here must be um, fairly in line with the large flames. Okay, and I don't see any marks around here. Right. I mean, I just assume it doesn't take forever to look on the floor and be like, oh, okay, this is where no, the blood leads. it's right. real, yeah, real fast. You know, it's just dirt and ice. I guess red or brownish dirt, 
does sort of not <clears throat> blend very well with the blood, but with the, the thin layer of ice on top of everything, like, pretty visible. Especially fresh blood, that bright crimson color. Human eyes are very well trained to, to see, or at least to, to recognize blood. Um, okay, so from here I can see the like that there's light over there. Yeah, and you can see um, blood over here in the top left, and you can see mm-hmm. it over on the, the top right, both directions. Okay, and okay, um, I will, I will signal towards um, Willa and Julia to move up here, and I will move down here, and then we'll if this like I'll just do I don't know what the what the motion is like this. <laughs> circumvent motion so they will do you know do this and i'll move more towards this direction at the same time so we're covering the same ground at the same speed yeah as you can come out into this big open middle area here um and you can see that there are uh, there's quite a bit of blood trail here i'm just going to make some and then drop it on your layer real quick Um, can you give me a perception check? I just want to know how much of this I should make. Of course, with time, we won't need this, but just as a quick glance around. Yeah, can I ask real quick, since this is quite dark around here. So I am a half-elf. Do I yes. get infravision or do I get dark vision? I get infravision, right? You get low light vision. Okay. <laughs> so I should be able to see at least further than the two people with me. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Just before I make this wonderful perception check, that's probably sound-based, but um, let's see. Excellent. 13 is not great. It's not great. It's not the worst that you've ever done. Well, maybe for perception checks it is. Um... <clears throat> okay. You can see this smattering trail all around. Yep. And Willa and the other person, um, Julia. Willa and Julia, I'm great at these names. Uh, are coming up behind you. Willa has her um, hooded lantern. It's open. It's shining light in all directions. Make everything nice and clear. Julia has an arrow notched and is sort of positioning herself next to you now that there's plenty of room so that there's no one in front of her that would block her shots. Okay, I'm going to walk down here and I'll check this um, hallway real quick. So, you know... Tell Willa to at least come with me, and I'll motion to the archer to just keep standing. Uh, Julia can be where she is right now. Okay. Leaving Julia, but Willa is coming with you. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh. I can't just choose two of them. Like, up here is where I want to go. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's a, a dark little recessed corner up there. Willa can get a little bit closer, and then she will whisper, I see something. You. Okay. 
Um, I would like to... Save one last time. Okay. You don't have to die in here today. I say, if you lower your weapons, by my honor, you will not die in this cave. What is your... My modifier? Your, your charisma modifiers, yeah. There's a loyalty base and a reaction adjust. What's your reaction Which adjust? Which one is the one you need? Uh, reaction adjust is two. That's a bonus of two, right? That's for high charisma, not a penalty. Yes, yes, yes. I am charismatic, you yeah. um, You hear a, a moment of scuffle. Um, a word, you know, someone saying, let's go. Someone else saying no. Um, and then... Then the, the sound of steel or brass or copper or some sort of metal uh, impacting flesh. Oh. Um, and stepping out, well, after the sound of a body slumping to the floor, uh, stepping out will be the axe mercenary who takes a step here into the light Drops their axe to the ground. Arm token. Uh, walks forward. Okay. I'll I'll nod at him. Um, I say you're coming with us. Anywhere okay. is better than this um, hell. I understand that. I've been on here for a little while, but there's nothing deadlier around here than the snow, really. So we'll grab him. Um, I'll take, like, his one side. Willa will take the other side. Um, we'll stay here for 30 seconds. I'll tell um, Julia to check on the other person in there if there's really a corpse there, you know, or if there's still anything we could do for that person. Uh, nope, the person is very, very dead. Very, okay, very dead. and I'll, um... Yeah, we'll leave them behind here, and then we'll move out, I guess. Party <clears throat> and can... I'll... Okay, I think that that should have been everybody. As we walk out, I'll, t I'll say to the uh, Axeman, what's your name? Soldier. Deco. What's yours? I look at him and I'll say, my name is Elaine Pentolin. You can tell his, um, Drakissian. Not very Not good. that great? No, no, That's no. That's okay. No. Um, Speaking with a we thick will... foreign accent. Okay. Um... As we approach the 
entrance to the cave. I'll say, uh, coming out, we have a prisoner. Right, to declare that people don't automatically shoot him the second he walks out of the door. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll make sure to step in front of him um, to show people. And I'll say, Decker, was there anybody else with you in that cave? Dicks his head. No, right. there were Archer up top and do more cutting wood. Okay, I nod, and we'll leave the cave and go outside and see if anything has transpired there. No, when you get out of the cave, um, the battles are all done. Your other spearmen have returned back together. They tell you that there's no sight of any other people up here, and there's no actually good spot to view the path coming up the trail. Um, But Mm -hmm. from this vantage point up here, you can see the smoke rising from camp. The little the mini fort that you have built um, that's mm-hmm. pretty easy to spot that fort especially with the, the trees that were felled nearby and little campfires there and the smoke rising you can see that problem maybe okay. not like making out details but yeah. mm-hmm. okay i guess we're standing outside in the cold um signs of kerfuffle blood drops how are the wounded soldiers holding up yeah, there's one wounded spearman. They're all right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been it's been better. Someone else has bandaged them at this point. Okay. Um, I will get one of the. Is there still somebody who's not hurt out here? In front yeah, of the cave. Yeah, the other two spearmen are legit. They're fine. Okay, I'll point towards one of the other spearmen and I'll say, um, "You come with me, please." So there's still one corpse in this cave, is that correct? One yeah. uh, bowman died? Uh, one spearman died. One spearman was injured. Two spearmen came out fine. Well, two spearmen mm-hmm. outside were fine, and the two bowmen are fine. Okay. Um, is the spearman male or female? Um, male. Okay. Um, I'll point towards one of the spearmen outside, and I'll say, uh, I'll need you to Come with me. I need help with Robert. And we're walking in mm-hmm. together. Um, and I guess Elaine takes a good look at Robert's corpse. How did he die? Like, what kind? Con- where did he have a wound? Uh, Robert has a hole through his neck where a spear made its way. Mm-hmm. Right in the okay. side point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will, um, take my, take my, uh, slightly ripped winter blanket. Okay. Oh, no, I didn't take anything as we went up, did I? No, I did. I did. Okay. Um, I guess if I don't, do I? Wait, let me think for this, about this for a second. We left our backpacks down, right? We didn't take them up. I believe. Because Correct. we you thought we your... would make it back. Yes, so yeah, I don't have any gear with me. Um, okay, that's fine. Then I will just um, pick him up by... Like, I'll take the upper part, right? So I'll, I'll uh, take him by, by the shoulders and the the uh, arms. Mm-hmm. And I will use my my cloak that I have on, on my back. And I will, like, use it to slightly cover him up the neck, up to here, right? Mm-hmm. And then... 
Um, yeah, we are going to carry him outside to the others. Right. Well, everyone can see Robert. I think the name you gave mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. um, one new prisoner here. One of these mercenaries. The first mercenary that you've captured. Or even mm -hmm. really encountered at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. How much time have we spent up this mountaintop so far, Neil? It took a long while to get up to the top. It took hours. Mm -hmm. um, and then mm -hmm. it's been less than half an hour of being at the top, although it feels like longer because you were running around and in mortal danger. But actually, it's probably only been about half an hour up here. Okay. And the other people in the other camp are how far away from us? Three hours. No. Yeah, down the mountain usually is a little bit faster than going up the mountain, but two or mm -hmm. three hours down. And how much daylight do we have left? Approximately. Four or five hours. Four or five hours of daylight. Yeah. Okay. Lots of time. Mm. So, I will question the two um, bowmen that have... Uh, that were on lookout towards the other path and so did you spot anybody down there anything moving they shake their heads nope. nothing okay um, the fire that we walked past in that cave is it still burning bright or is it you know going oh, yeah. down slowly no no it's still burning bright uh, it will burn itself out fairly quickly if you don't keep adding fuel to it but it's got a, a good pile of logs and resources these are like thick logs they're chopping on tossing on they're not like mm -hmm. little thin bits so it'll burn but you know in an hour from now it'll be visibly dimmer and by nightfall it'll have been all but burned out you know just embers and cinders and that will be a beacon to anyone who sees it that something is amiss unless they mm, plan that's to put true. it out that night which I probably didn't, because otherwise I feel like people at the ship would have mentioned that sometimes the light goes out, you know? But they have never... Like, that has never happened, apparently. Um, I still take it it would be too cold to sleep in the cave without uh, winter gear. Correct? Like, without a tent or anything. Um, I don't know. With that big old fire there? Probably fine. Uncomfortable. But you're not gonna die. If I was to put all... Okay, let me think. Mm. But we won't be able to make it down the mountain to the main camp and fight today. I don't think that's going to be possible. So we need to find a place to safely rest in between. Well, don't you have people down the mountain at the, the second camp that you built? Yes, we do. But if the beacon goes out, that means they would be alarmed in about, like, an hour or whatever. Mm. That, um... That we eradicated that camp. On the other hand, there was also a man coming down the mountain who was supposed to be patrolling towards the other camp, so they might know anyways, you know? The beacon might not even be the big thing. If they have, like, somebody who's, who was supposed to go to the other camp and he doesn't show up, you know, that's just as good as a beacon. You would go you looking for him, here, and then it's not a polar bear. Um, and if you stay we'll here, those the people down the hill are, are fewer in number. 
No, I think we will go back down the mountain. And um, we will take um, Robert's corpse with us. So it might slow us down a little bit, but we will move back to... Um, back to the other camp. <clears throat> if I had to take a good guess, another pathway that led down the other way of the mountain, where would I think that would lead? Because I do have direction sense, so I feel like, you know, I should be able to triangulate that at least, approximately. Yeah, well, I think you voiced this opinion out loud, and one of those spearmen who was circling around up top, like, looking for any other people, will tell you that they found a couple of small trails that lead off that top area near the mine, um, and one of those might have been it. So it looks like there, there's the main path down, which is really easy going, and then there's a, a little bit of a a small but rough trail um, heading down as well. And then a couple of other small rough trails. Maybe they go to other points of interest. Um, maybe they're just small game trails. But... Right. But probably one of them would lead down to our camp. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah, lead, lead down that way roughly in the direction of your camp. Mm. It's not like a nice easy switch back, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, we will we'll move um, everybody back uh, to the intermediate camp that is a little bit further down the mountain. Well, there are no more encounters this day. Uh, it goes fairly easily. And as you get back to the other camp, you can hear Oh, one shouts. more thing. Can we take the wood axes with us? Yeah, there were two of them. Okay, and there were no provisions up there. There were provisions. There was, there was food, there was water, there was a couple, a little bit of gear for all the people together. I guess we sort of glossed over their supplies, but yeah, because I feel like supplies. I feel like I should be taking those supplies if I can. And since we didn't take the backpacks with us up and the way down is easier, I feel like we should take some of those supplies back to the camp and carry on with us. Yeah, you've got... Well, how? first off, how are we carrying Robert? Um... Because, like, hauling a body is... Is hard work, especially when it's got chainmail and a shield and a spear. Well, what kind of supplies do they have up there at the mountain? Do um, they have anything that would be, you know, make carrying easier? I feel like they probably do because they still have to move from there to other places sometimes, right? They have uh, what I'm going to call makeshift blankets. It looks like sails that have been torn into shreds to to mm -hmm. work as individual blankets. Mm -hmm. um, they have a whole bunch of lumber that they've made and some carefully carved, like, uh, not carefully carved, but some, some makeshift, like, lean-tos that they had set up outside for when someone needs to keep a watch outside of the, the area. Um, there's some food, there's some water skins, there's a frying pan, um, and the remains of some rations, it looks like. Uh, rope? Sort of salted beef rope? No rope. Okay, no rope. Mm. Okay. I believe we took some rope, though, if I'm not mistaken. Like, yeah. we left most of our gear, but we did take some rope. Would I be able, since Willa and I are both, um, what is it called? <laughs> Rope use master. I don't know what it's called. We have a rope proficiency, right? Uh -huh. Um, I rope use proficiency. That's it. Um, 
Could we, with the rope and the these like sail blankets that we find, could we bind those blankets to either like thinner, longer logs, right? Like cut down some some branches and make like makeshift. Um, I, I'm actually not sure what the word is in English. No way can. Yeah, like like a stretcher that we could yeah, yeah. use. It won't be a problem. It'll take some time, but you can create a makeshift stretcher that can be hauled by two people, and then you can put Robert on there, and you can toss spears and bows and wood axes and, and shields on top of Robert's body and, and use the litter slash stretcher as a something to haul him down with. Okay. Right. It's not a problem. Um, you'll come down to the camp with a little bit of time to spare before sundown and you will hear the shouts and cheers as the party, as the, the camp sees you returning, um, celebrating the, the return of you all coming down the mountain until you bring in a prisoner and a body. And then the, the shouts and cheers sort of die away a little bit. There's some menacing looks towards your prisoner, Deco. Mm-hmm. Um, and Deco just looks tired. You know? Oh, I bet he is. I bet yeah. he is. Um, have you... Well, you know what? We're at our break point here. Why don't we come back on the other side of our break and we'll see if there's any questioning or interrogation to be done with this newly found prisoner. Catch you all on the other side of our break. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Rise of Drekus, Chapter 1, Episode 3. Our party is down the mountain. A new member... Um, and one, one, two casualties, mm. one KIA. Um, mm. You're gathered around in the camp. Sun will set in maybe an hour, maybe a little less. Uh, but because you're already within the forest, like, you know, the shadows are long. It's already dim and dark in here. There's a little fire going that, in order to keep warm and to keep animals at bay. Everyone's heard about the polar bear. And it's generally known, broadly speaking, animals don't like fire. They might be like, ooh, what's that light in the distance? But when they see fire going, animals generally don't approach fire. They fire bad, fire hurt, stay away from fire. Easy evolutionary trait. Here you are, down at the mm-hmm. camp. And okay. you've got, got Grippin, the excellent warrior. And you've got Deco, the mercenary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Deco sees Grippin, and Grippin sees Deco. And uh, there's like a bit of glare that goes between them for a moment, but it passes. Mm-hmm. What would you like to do? So you said there's one more hour until the sun goes down approximately, something like that? Yeah. How long would it take us to get back down the mountain? This is down the mountain. Oh, we are all the way down the mountain? Yeah, you're down the mountain and at the camp <clears> that your, your people built at the bottom of the mountain. Right. Um, because if I remember correctly, um, Grippen walked down this pathway or in the direction of this pathway to make it to the main camp, correct? Yeah. What did it say which direction the main camp would be from here? You know, it's been a full day. You probably don't remember. You could ask him again. I'm not going to ask him again, Neil. Let me check my notes. If you want to wait, then we can wait. Um, da, 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 da. <sighs> I 
So he pointed opposite of the path up the mountain to the main camp. I'm not sure what cardinal direction we're going at because I don't really have a... Can we go to the other map, like the overview map, so I can have an idea where we are and what's going on and I'm not in a cave. Thank you. So... <clears throat> Which part of the mountain are we at currently? Somewhere on the left hand side, like here? Um, so your, Is the base camp? Your base, I'm going to put a little star on it is right here um, mm -hmm. and your secondary base I'm going to put a square oh but it needs to not be green green's not a good color for this it needs to be yellow mm -hmm. yeah so the square is where you are right now somewhere in this zone this is your, your main camp right so if I came and we went up the mountain to I mean this is a really tiny map is... What was the the highest spot? Is it right in the work? Was it right here? Yeah, it's near the top. Okay, There's so I assume that little path that... That. Okay, so that was the path, and he came down here. So I assume it would be um... I don't I don't even I don't even know. So it might be somewhere around here, it might be at the coast, somewhere there. Um Okay. How long would it take us to get back to our camp from the bottom of the mountain to our main camp from here? More than an hour, definitely. Yeah. Now uh, you wouldn't get there before nightfall and uh that it could get bad. <laughs> okay. I guess you said there are uh, trees here, right? Okay. Well, I'm working under the assumption <coughs> that since Griffin hasn't shown up, these people are already informed anyways, or would at least send somebody to scout um, and then figure out, you know, what happened. So I'm not too worried about it. It's pretty obvious what's what's gone down. There's no way to do this sneak yet. Um, so we will just post... Uh, I'll already start posting um, guards for the mountain path and for just, you know... Uh, surrounding our camp and then I will ask Willa if anybody of her people speak Solemnese by chance great question with an extremely low probability of success no no one speaks Solemnese no so nobody of all the people here okay um I'll ask uh sorry what was his name again I will ask Deco, uh, does he speak other languages? He'll tell you he speaks Solomese, and he speaks a little Drakissian, just okay, enough to, to get by. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll try, we'll try in uh, Drakissian then, I guess. Um, I'll lead him away in a tent, so it's just him and I. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll sit him, I'll sit him down. I'll give him... Um, a ration. Uh, one one of ours, not the ones we've taken down the mountain. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, okay, Decker, you've decided to live today. Um, yeah. what what can you tell me about the deserters? Everything is fucked. 
Ubar. Ja. Mhm. Ja. ja. Mhm. Where's the cleric? Uh, he jerks his thumb in the eastward direction. <clears throat> um, uh, cleric. So like is here. In... Somewhere over there. Yeah. Mhm. Cleric is uh, in main base. Right. Mhm. Yeah. Um, yeah. What happened to the knights? I'll point at my shield. There were two knights. Oh. Ah. Uh, three. Mm -hmm. Three knights. Yeah. Four, four mm -hmm. knights. Four knights. Yeah, yeah. Um, what happened? Yak. Um, yeah. Yak and we come to Rekis. Make money, fight and kill bats. Mm -hmm. Easy job. Right? Uh, queen person, say we go kill goblin? Easy. I kill goblin and sleep. No problem. On uh, boat, two goblins? Mm-hmm. Cleric, say... Uh, Queen is monster. Queen is a uh, badder guy than goblin guy. Now me, I don't care. I here to kill. I here to make money. I I understand. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 good soldier. Cleric, say no 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 no. Cleric say uh, queen super bad, super bad, and uh, we uh, dishonor honor ourselves. Uh, by doing thing. So, uh, cleric and knights say we must do good thing. We must stop evil queen. Uh, yak and rest say, uh, who care? Not our queen, not our problem. Uh, so, uh, big knight, big knight. Well, actually, she's very short. She, she's very short, but you know, big knight. Uh, she say, my way or uh, waterway and uh, fight. In process, uh, we, we shove Big Knight, Little Knight, off boat and she go to the bottom of sea. No more. Uh, uh -huh. Yep. Yep. And um, other knights, they do okay. Um, they do yak, okay. Well, Yak die. Uh, higher Sword die. Spearmen die. Lots of die. Uh, boat people? Boat people die. Lots of dead. Uh, we no get paid. Um, mm. Then, you know, knights and spears with armor. Uh, more number than we. So we surrender. Um, they say, uh, we go stop queen. We try to get boat to queen. Uh, but so many boat people dead that uh, boat not work no more. And uh, we crash. But now, it no matter what we think, all in same boat. All in same boat. Yeah? And all out of same boat. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I so get it. Um, now we work together or uh, you come and kill. So now I no want to be here. I want to fight goblin. I want to be goblin stomping. Uh, but, but here we are. So... <laughs> 
um, <clears throat> is bad luck. Yeah. Hmm. I see. Do you think your other people, ah. like, um, what was his what was his commander's name again? Yeah. Uh, Yak Yak's people would fight with us, get off the island together. Mm. Ilse is very right. Uh, those who no fight die. Mm. So I hope die with um, food and belly and warm. Mm. Mountain is balls. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. The knight, I point towards my shield, and I say the the short knight. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, did she did she um, work together with uh, the cleric? Yeah. Okay. Yep, they, they're real close. And okay. And when when you, you at at Whiteshore, um, you wanted to fight goblins. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay. And then they said the queen no, the queen is bad. Yeah, super bad. We have to we have to turn around and fight the queen. Uh fight queen fix queen tell queen? Uh mm. they no tell us. <clears throat> we knight and cleric us. Mm. Okay, okay, I understand. What is the the beacon for on the mountain, the light? Ah, um... Boat. Boat? Boat. Ship? Boat? Mm-hmm. What? What? What boat? What ship? The other ship is... broken. Yeah. What ship? Ah, uh, cleric, they boat come. And we put beacon, um, facing we, we, sea beacon, not land mm-hmm. beacon. Down, down so, right, so down right. Boat. Yeah, so boat sea, and come, and then we mm. get on boat and go. When? All fucked up. No makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that boat is that from? Solemn from Drakis. What boat? I don't know. You talk to Elise. You'll say. It's okay. Language is hard sometimes. Um, <laughs> this guy's, you know, second language. He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, he doesn't know how to pronounce names. It's right? just. <laughs> well, look, it's All right. Not, it could easily be E. Lease. It makes perfect sense. If you pronounce the I as an E, which you could, sometimes in English, I's are E's. Don't make that face. It's true. Sometimes in English, I's are E's. English is a bad language. Okay. Well, never mind. Let's not get into it. Um. Right. So, and the... Okay, so one kill is dead. That was the captain. That's what I got from from him. So that is entirely the same thing as Gripen told me. Um, Yak died. 
So we still technically have um, Heidi Siki died according to Yak as well, if I remember correctly. So two knights left. You asking him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Fortnite, small one, go over boat in water, mm -hmm. no more. Uh, other night, uh, wound hurt. Mm. Um, two other okay. Uh, hurt night, uh, no make. Mm -hmm. And the two other nights, um, the goblin stompins. Ah, so. yes, yes, I like. Mm -hmm. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they they work with Ilsa. Yes. I think you can you can hear um, Elaine sharply inhale in that tent where it's just so dead quiet around them. Um, they, we have two goblin stompers on the team who refuse to stomp goblins, so that is infuriating, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's like, why even have that name if you turn around and become a deserter afterwards? Uh, that is ridiculous. Um, right. I'll say, um, how many still at your camp then? Two knights, right? Um, yeah, what does he say? Like two knights? How many you people? Long side followed by a, uh, Ptolemies. Mm -hmm. There are. Uh, Ten and five. Ten and five? Yeah. Two camps. Oh, fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, so five and five and five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, got it. Fifteen people. And Drekisian, two knights, Ilse. Yeah. And yep. Oh, and uh ten and ten. Well, I mean, ten and five and me. Well, ten, ten five, no me, and uh, ten and ten and uh, Rippin, and he just names the other people that were up there. Okay, so not up up there, right? Just in the big camp. Uh, okay. It is um, ten and three, uh, mm -hmm. Drekus. And ten and four column. That is way more people than it even should be. There were ten total mercenaries. How are there fourteen Solomese people? What you mean? Well, on the boat initially there were twenty soldiers from Drekkers and ten mercenaries from Solom. No, there were 30 That's what my list said. Yeah. The PDF I sent you? Yeah, but when I asked the, on the boat, right? Oh, I see. Then the, the on, the on the boat they said there saying. were 20 there were 20 soldiers left and 10 Solomir's people. Right? And now we have 27 people plus the how many did we kill up there? 5 you said? 
Uh, it's but, 13 Dracusians and 14 Tholomies, or 20 total and 20 and 15. Yeah. So you are getting differing numbers between the, the people on the boat and uh, this guy. Well, they saw them get off the boat, though. Yep. And I and we already captured one and we killed another one. Where are all these extra people coming from? You know, these are fantastic questions to be asking. My guess is you didn't note it down, Neil, and now we're just winging it, but let's go with... <laughs> there's a mystery here. Clearly the DM Oh, yes, up. there's a mystery. <laughs> there's Something a mystery Something doesn't yeah. add up. The DM must have mm. made a mistake. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just say I'm going with the uh, most accurate thing, is, which is uh, Deco can't count. Mm-hmm. Can't count. Um, he's a well, yeah. I we're just going to assume if I had to put my money on somebody who regularly ships people across, right? Um, whose mm-hmm. whose job is literally is to deliver cargo. I would assume they can count better than somebody who has trouble expressing themselves. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm just going with this guy. Probably has no idea, so we can't take that yeah. information. Um, the what is important is Ilz is there. She works together with the goblin stompens yeah um who are also culpable so there's no way we can pull them on our side and they haven't been well it was said they were um forced to leave the boat but it seems like at some point at least they must have agreed to work together with the cleric um and then we don't really know there should be way fewer people Mm. um, based on who we lost. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to go with the first number. So if if 20 soldiers and 10 mercenaries survived, um, then he said we lost about two mercenaries up there. That might be like... Um, I think it w- they were probably the axe fighters, is my guess. There were two dead axe fighters up there, correct? Yep. Uh, one dead and one person is uh, Gecko. Like one uh, dead axe fighter? There were two men with uh, wood axes chopping trees, and they are dead. Right. And the proper. Ah, right. And he was the only one in the. The only one with the axe in the cave and survived. Yes. Uh, Gecko himself. Okay. Yes. So up there, we had two dead ex-people, one dead bowman, the person Deco killed, and the per- um, I think that's it, right? The, the and we killed us. And the people inside? Yeah, there were two log carriers, two internal spearmen, Deco- One bowman, One Deco. bowman, and two woodcutters. Right. Eight, Eight seven, people. Seven. Right? So, one more time. There are two people with the log, one guy with the bow who, who, like, stood guard. Yeah. Right? Two log Um, Then we already had, I just said two log carriers. The woodcutters and the log carriers are two separate groups of people. Okay, so two log carriers, two woodcutters, one guy with the bow, uh, Deco was up there. Is that all of them? No, and then the two people inside with 
Oh, uh, and two, spears. so eight people. Eight people. Okay, that's yeah. eight. Yes. Eight. Okay. So that's eight people. So out of the thirty, we would have would now be, we would now be having approximately twenty because one we arrested and one we killed on top. So we'd be yep. at around twenty people. That's a not a bad math. <clears throat> Plus, we don't know how many people they lost in between. Like they started fighting a polar bear and stuff. They probably lost some people to starvation and other things. It's yeah. it's possible. Yeah. Okay, so 22 people, two cows, and a crazy cleric out of their mind. Yeah. Okay, um... Is time? I, th- I think so, yeah. I said okay. I'll, um... He uh, stands up, <laughs> stretches, uh, and uh, walks out of the tent. Right, I'll, I'll uh, come with him. Looks around, he finds a, a makeshift stool or um, chair made out of like a stump of where a tree was felled, and uh, gets down on his knees in front of it, and kind of lays his head across the stump. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll say um, I'll take I'll take a deep breath. Are my are my people around? Yeah, everyone sees the two of you go inside, and then there's talking, and there's like long, deep sighs of frustration. Um, and then this guy, like, boldly walks out and lays down in front of the tree. Um, right. Then, you know, as he waits, he pats his belly because he got some, you know, nice warm food that you fed him, some of the Dracusian rations. Not mm-hmm. gonna die in a cold, freezing cave. Oof. Okay. I will step, um next to him. I'll take one of the I guess the woodcutter's axes are pretty sharp. Yeah, would they be working for decapitation? Yeah, they they could definitely be working for decapitation. And this guy's already injured, he's at low HP, just, you know, don't miss your attack. There are plenty of horror stories from the medieval period where uh, executioners did not succeed on the first attempt and needed multiple attempts to cut someone's head off. It is not as easy as it sounds, especially if the the victim moves a little bit. So you know, attack roll at plus six or something against AC ten. Don't mm-hmm. uh, six, and then you also you've got one for two for level. So I think that's D twenty plus eight for you. So just don't roll a one actually. Fine, it'll be fine. You're not drunk. Oftentimes, executioners of the past were. It's a hard, unfavorable job. Negative place in society. Killing a lot of people and having to live with it. Lots of drinking for executioners. You're sober. Mm-hmm. It'll be easy to okay. remember this. Yeah, that is uh, probably the the hard part. So, um, I think Elaine really takes her time. You know, um, she checks the stomp with her with her boot, makes sure it's like heavy enough to uh, to hold Deco's weight. Um, she she paces around. She picks up the wood axe. Um, she balances in in her arms. You know, she's trying to find a good good grip um, for it. And oh, but you're not proficient in battle axe or wood axe, are you? You don't have no, any axe proficiencies. All. all right, all right. So we, we have a penalty. Do of we two. have just anybody? Just don't roll a three. Just don't roll a three. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, anyways, I'm not I'm not quite done yet. So I think um what you have to realize is that the punishment for deserters is death. Okay? It's not negotiable. Yeah. Right? We're in post-war time, resources are thin, and there's no such thing as we will bring, you know, people with us and then we're going to plead for their lives. And um, Elaine is a noble. She's aware of how class and stand changes perception. And Deco is a normal guy who's just trying to make a living, right? Uh, this man has, in Elaine's eyes, a zero chance. So either he dies on this island or he goes back to uh, Drekis and he gets killed there. Right? Yeah. There's really, there's there's no mercy for deserters, even if you were forced to do it, if you were pressured to do it, and no matter what she said, you know, all she can do is give them a hopefully quick and um, merciful death. But I think that Elaine does have some respect for somebody who is a true fighter. You know, somebody who was just trying to do their job. And she's experienced this island as a very harsh environment. And she understands, right, what happened here. But if you're a soldier, then you know the risks. Um, and you know what your job is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whether it be <laughs> death or life, like, you, you know what the consequences are. And the second we start um, making exceptions for everybody, we fall apart as a structure. Right? Oh. And as an army, there's never been a time where we needed to be more united, where we needed to be more harsh to people who are cowards, who run, and to leave their people, who like just leave their people behind, right? She has a great respect for the Solomies person, um, because they they try to do what what was right, and she understands that the Solomies don't have that attachment to the Drakisian army. You know, yes, they work for them, but of course, they said there's entirely the sense of um, worth for fighting for your country or for fighting for money, you know, that, that mm -hmm. gives you a different purpose. So she does understand that. Um, but she also knows that she's the commander. And if she doesn't do her job, and if she's not the epitome of, um, I believe in my country, I believe in my queen, mm -hmm. right? Then everything around her will start to crumble. She remembers back then when um, Gregor took her to the side and said, do you think that's true? Do you think there's something wrong with the queen? Right? Mm. And that's how it starts. It starts with the whispers. It starts with the rumors. Um, so even if you have a smidgen of doubt, right, you cannot act on it. And that was right. a big mistake that this cleric made. You know, they had the doubt, and maybe they have the proof, whatever, right? But they acted on it, and they brought so many people into trouble because they acted like this. Yeah. Right? Like, yep. even if your intention is good, if you break the order, you might put so many people at risk. So, with a, with a heavy heart, 
um, Elaine will look at Deco and will say, Deco, do you have any last words? What? Last words before you part? Like, um, I love my wife. I miss my children. You married? I love fighting. No. <laughs> I shake my head. I point towards the axe. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he will give a, a short speech in Ptolemy's. No idea what it says. But it's in his native tongue. Okay. <clears throat> and I'll turn towards my people and I'll say, once the axe has fallen, there will be no cheering. There will be just quiet. Do you understand? There's nodding around the camp. And you can see Grippen, who was like trying to maybe make his way out of camp while everyone's attention was turned to this, but has been like grabbed by a pair of people. Um, and you can see that at first he was like, oh, they're here to help us. They're going to take us to this other. We've, they're on our side. And now he's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I thought, I thought they were. Oh, it's, it's turning in his head. Yeah. Yeah. I will um, look over at him. Just for a moment. I won't say anything. And um, then I will raise the axe and I will try to decapitate Deco as swiftly as I can. Well, don't roll a 1, 2, or a 3 on a d20. It'll be fine. Okay. Um, no matter what happens, I would like to describe the outcome. Is that okay? Yes. Announce the die roll and describe the outcome. If I... Roll a, what did you say, one, two, or three? Aye. If I roll a one, two, or three, means I hurt him, but I don't kill him. Is that correct? It's not a clean cut. You know, it's a, you hit him in the shoulder. You might do enough damage to kill him, but it won't be a clean decapitation. It'll be like a, it takes a minute to bleed out, and you might want to, like, kind of finish it more quickly. Right. Okay. So I'm going to raise the woodcutter's axe, and I'll say, um... In the name of the Trakistian Empress and the Trakistian Army, I, Elaine Pentelin, declare that you shall die for being a traitor, and I will chop down with the giant wood axe. <laughs> and Elaine has sweaty hands, right? Like, the the steel of that axe feels incredibly cold. Um, and for a second, it looks like she might almost miss, but, you know, she takes one tiny step, step back, wavers a little bit, and then the axe comes crushing down, severing uh, Deco's head from his body, and it uh, falls down into the snow, Roll, roll, leaving roll. behind a shocked expression when the head star stops rolling. One of the soldiers who's got a hand on Grippin uh, 
roughly shoves him forward in the direction of the stump. And the ranks sort of close in to make sure there's no escape for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will I will fall oh Jesus. I will force um grip into his to his knees. Okay. Does he have hair? Does he have long hair or short hair or does he is he like I don't know what his hair is like, I never um, asked. His hairstyle is sort of just a little bit shaggy, or would have been, but he's been on this island for a couple of months now, so it's like a little bit longer. It comes almost all the way down to his shoulders. Um, but mm-hmm. he looks up at you and he's like, but I thought we were gonna I'll... we were gonna save the, the Empire. I thought I'll you put, understood. I'll put, I'll put a hand on, on his shoulder, okay. The, the queen um... works with demons. <laughs> and I'll say... Have a good look, soldiers. Sometimes good people are being led astray by promises and by lies and by just rumors. And it's because not a they. Rumor. It's a cleric of Mathis! I'll gently put my glove over his mouth with the other hand, so like there's one hand on the shoulder and water's like on his mouth. He begins and to I'll struggle say, and, and some of your assistants come and, and help restrain the man. Very good. And I'll say, um... We're not here to judge character. We're here to judge actions. Okay? So... Whether you're Solomese and you're part of our army, or whether you're from Drekes and you're part of our army, we follow the same code. And I'll look uh, down at him and I'll say, Grippen, do you have any last words? And think about them well, because they should not be addressed towards me. I'm going to give Grippen a morale check, see if he can retain his composure at the end, or if he will go crying and begging. Close Grippen. He looks up at you. Hold on, you don't understand. No, 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 there's been a mistake. The, the, the cleric. The cleric said that the queen has been possessed by demons. This entire war is illegal. It, it, it's in the, oh, everyone's right. best interest. And, you know, the people beside him tug him we'll, to the stump. We'll force him down on the stump. Um, I'll make sure not to hit anybody of my people with the, with the chop. Now, now, um, Deco was cooperating. He wasn't mm-hmm. moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rippin isn't cooperating. So instead of the, the bonus of six, it's just a bonus of four, which means you need a five or better on a d20. This is why if you're going to be executed, you, you cooperate with your ex. I mean, if you if you want to. I'll make it a little easier. At least if it's your first time. Okay. <laughs> right, so they are, they are holding uh, Grippin down. Ed's while out of the way, tugging his shoulders to... And Elaine takes a takes a deep breath. So nobody is dying today who didn't have a full belly, at least not in this camp. You know, like um, they might have tricked Grippen, but they also 
didn't just torture him or anything like that. So he has the same, a similar death to, um, you know, the Solomese one. And I'll say, okay. Gripen of the army of Drakis. I, Elaine Pentelin, execute you in the name of the Empress of Drekis for being a traitor. 16. Perfect. It cleanly cuts through his head, which rolls to the side. The others let go as the body slumps next to Deco's. Camp is quiet. Talked about earlier how these soldiers are fairly green recruits, except for the hmm. sub commander. Um, and there's been some combat, you know. They in a extremely one-sided fight against a person with only a short sword. They they shot down one person. Um, there was a battle against a polar bear in which their leader knight tanked the battle and, and fought the polar bear off. Not quite single-handedly, but you know, really held that line for them. Um, and today is most of these people's first time in real combat. First time seeing one of their own dead or wounded and facing the reality of what we're here to do, which is deal with these deserters. Very somber, sobering moment for anyone that had the illusions of grandeur. Grandeur, or that this would be like an easy cakewalk. <clears throat> Now, there's so many of us and we've got this night and we're going to deal with these deserters who are probably half starved and, and now it's like okay wait a minute Robert's dead and uh, Barb is wounded and probably not going to be able to fight <laughs> leader is, is badly wounded but is still fighting and it'll be a quiet night in camp for the rest of the night mm-hmm. I think I would address the the people for like one, one or two. Se- I mean, for a tiny speech at least. I'll look at them because that's something pretty grave that just happens. I'll look at them and I'll say, um, "Today was a day where we will. Today was a day that caused a lot of anger." And some of you might be scared, even if you as proud Tragissians are um, unable to admit it. I point towards um, Robert's corpse, like the, the, he's still on the stretcher, I assume, and I say, um, Robert died today for all of us, for the things we believe in, and for making our empire a better place for, you know, everybody, for our families, um, for the people around us, for the simple folk who can't defend themselves. And I point towards, like, the other two corpses that have been decapitated, and I'll say, whenever 
we stagger in our beliefs. Whenever we give in to the rumors, the worst things happen to us and the people we are supposed to protect. I want you to remember that. As long as we stick together and fight for each other and fight for what is right, it will always be the difference between us here and them over there. Which is a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of irony in it when you think about it, because technically they're all three dead. But two of them are decapitated and one guy just died in battle, you know? Mm -hmm. But what you make of that in the end, you know, is your is your part. Yeah. Um, yes. And we'll we'll leave the other two um, at the side of the camp, I guess. And um, Robert will be covered and we'll take him with us when we leave tomorrow. We're going to go to our break. We'll come back on the other side with a little more Rise of Drekus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rise of Drekus. We're going to continue our camp. Um, but we're going to start off that night. It's been the eighth day was today going up and down the mountain. Execution, questioning. Pick up this evening after the camp settles down. Guards are posted. And it's Elaine. I think your tent is pretty full with people here. Right? You took three tents. And so you're you're bunking with other folks, but mm-hmm. yeah, you do. Um, I think Elaine is just lying on her back, uh, covered in all the blankets she could find. She probably has a cloak still on top because it's the warmest uh, thing she has with her. Uh, she's listening to the people around her shuffling in their sleep, snoring. Um, groaning if if they're wounded, you know. And she's just looking up. And I think the weight of today is really what keeps her up. Um, And for a short moment, she feels a little bit out of her depth. You know, today she was um, proper judge jury and executioner um and it's very different if you kill somebody in combat where it's a it's you or me situation or whether you kill someone who can't defend themselves because you're the executioner and i think she clams up a little bit right because the first it's the first time she's done it and obviously she has nobody to talk to about these things. What is it like to be a first-time leader? What is it like to make these really tough decisions? But Elaine is not a cold-hearted person. You know, she does believe that what she, that the things she does are right. But it's not like this doesn't affect her at all. And um, she closes her eyes for a moment and. She remembers a moment back back home when she was still young, 
right, and was having trouble adjusting, was being uh, made fun of by her siblings and all these things. And she was outside um, sitting in, in front of a small well and her, her father passed by and saw her just sitting down there, uh, pretty miserable. And I said, um, Elaine, what are you crying for? And Lily Lane just looked at him and she was a mess. You know, like the hair was every, everywhere and there was dirt on her face and there were tears streaming down. <clears throat> and she said, um, well, the others made, they made fun of me. They, they said I'll never be as good as them. Right. And, um, obviously Elaine knew that she was different because she's a half elf and she's the bastard of the family. Um, and her father looked at her and put like a, a firm hand on her shoulder and he said, you know, Elaine, sometimes we can't change what we are, but we can still strive to do better. And he gave her a stern look and then he just took his hand of the crying girl's shoulder, turned around and kept on walking. And in that night, Elaine remembers that scene. So she swallows down, um, <clears throat> you know, that, that uh, frog she has in her throat, takes a deep breath and just lets go of that slight pain she feels in that night. And then she drifts off to sleep. Well... Hmm. The morning will come. Camp will get broken down. You've said you wanted to head back to your big camp with the mm -hmm. the bodies and the equipment, the extra body. Two... We're leaving the deserters behind. We're taking Robert. Are we leaving them where they fell, or are we? <clears throat> are we? We're leaving. With... We are leaving, leaving them, them where they fell. No, we're not stringing that. We're leaving them where they fell. We'll cover them in snow. Um, and we leave the chopping block a little bit like their headstone, you know, mm. with that one woodcutter's axe. We'll leave that behind. Okay. I'm gonna get an extra ten arrows, uh, an extra one bow, an extra battle axe, an extra thirty rations. <coughs> I think I already yep I already updated um four spears two hatchets two wood axes lots of gear and then with Robert's body head back to camp roll me a d100 for encounters and do not roll low ah 41. it's fine it's fine and roll me a 2d8 for the weather Oh, no, not that one. <clears throat> Six? Uh, that's good. Low is good. Six is a, a light day. You know, there's not a lot of wind. It's just a little bit. It's not It's not calm, but there's just a gentle breeze. Um, and you can march. It's not hard to find your way back. It hasn't snowed in a little while, so that trail that you made the day before yesterday is still here. And it's not a big island. 
the mountain there. You just kind of follow around. And before you know it, hours will pass, marching through the snow, and you arrive back at camp. Appropriate. Not yep. the halfling one. Oh. Good. Um, we can come back to camp, and I have rearranged our platoons into their appropriate shapes. One is at full strength. All the archers are happy. Uh, one has one injured person, and one has one dead person, plus the five sailors cross. Is the captain still alive when we return to camp, or has he passed by now? Oh, captain's gone. <clears throat> All right. Um, I take it they've probably held him, like they've probably buried him in the meantime. Yes. Or do they just uh, have him in the tent? <laughs> that have, sounds dangerous. They have put him under <clears throat> some snow and put a, a little marker above him because they want to take his body back when all is said and done. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Okay. Uh, what do you do with Robert? Or him in the ice in a similar way? Or put him in the ground for good. Um, no, we'll we'll do the same thing. Uh, we'll put him next to the captain. Uh, put a put a marker up. I guess I will. Um, Eighteen is is that Gregor? Let me check real quick. Um, That's Carl. Carl. Okay, I'll I'll um, tell Carl to bury him with his men because it's part of his platoon. Yep. Done. Easy peasy. <clears throat> And I'll ask them what has happened in the camp while we were gone. Uh, not to report. No sign of monsters. No sign of the enemy. Just holding tight and improving our shelters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. What what happened out there? You know, you brought back a dead body and some extra gear. Mm-hmm. Um. All the way up, the, I, I will. I will gather the people around. I guess while we're having breakfast during breakfast shift. Yep. And then um, I guess the co- other commanders can like update people as they go along. And I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell them that we found some of the deserters all the way up the mountain. That they had a beacon and were trying to signal a ship. Mm-hmm. Um, that they were pretty weakened, emaciated, and couldn't fight back properly. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> and that apparently there's another main camp which is down uh, the southeast part of the mountain. Mm. Ah. All right. Um, and nobody was spotted coming down the small mountain pass either, correct? Correct. Because I had guards up looking. Okay, okay, correct. fair enough. Can I? Well, there's the there's the big map. Okay. What are you rolling for? Nothing. Don't even. Worry Nothing. About it. It's fine. Okay. <clears throat> well, what's the plan, Captain? Lieutenant, I should say. You got 
Today is day nine. Well, today was day nine of marching. So... <clears throat> Got 21 days left until the ship returns, thereabouts. Well, there's no other camps. There's just that main camp that's waiting. And they know we are here, and they know we are not friendly. Um, I think we should still scout for where that camp is exactly, and then we'll probably launch a big attack on that camp. I think that's what we probably have to do. Um, see if there are any patrols going in or out, and if there are patrols, if we are able to catch, like, one or two um, before they head back. Um, mm. But they might just stop patrolling since they know we're coming anyways, so... Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to figure that out if we still have a chance to pick somebody off or not. Well, if um, you're going to scout, there are a few things to consider. Uh, movement speed. Mm -hmm. If your people are in armor with their shields, they're going to be going slowly. If they're just running around with a spear or a short sword, they'll be much, much faster. Um, there's numbers. The more of you there are, the easier you are to spot. Um, and the, the smaller groups you travel in, the faster you will go and the more ground you can cover. So is this a send one large like reconnaissance in force to scout it out and then pull back? Or is this, you know, send out a bunch of people in small numbers, wait for them to report? This, uh, you do it yourself. How do you want to handle... Because if you just say, like, I'm going to send minions under however you want to do it, we can just roll some dice and pass some time and get some answers. Um, but if you want to lead a force yourself, it'll be... Careful. Um... But we don't really have anybody who's a specialized scout. You know, it's not like there are many people who are that much better anyways, or that much more um, suited for the job. So I think I will do the scouting together with Willa. If you stick and um, let other people scout, you can regain HP in camp. Well, it's one per day, you know? Yeah, but if it they, you know, um, if they go for a day, that's an HP. They go for two days, that's two HP. Well... You can walk across the entire island in one day. If they're gone for two days, they're probably dead or captured. Sure, but or maybe they stuck scout, in a snowstorm. And then you send them out again the next day. Like you know, it, there's there's room for all sorts of things to happen. I just want us to understand the <clears throat> bonuses and the penalties and all the things that can be gained or lost. Different approaches. Well, you also have to keep in mind, we have no idea if, when, this boat is ever going to arrive. If that ship comes here, there are soldiers on there, we are dead. Every mm. single one of us. Okay, so, I mean, it's not a super real risk, just because we haven't seen any yet. Mm -hmm. um, but it is a potential threat. 
Like, we don't know what the time frame is, really. Mm. It's a tough situation. Mm-hmm. So, if I remember correctly, here, approximately here was where that weird fort was. Yeah. The ghost, like the, I call it the ghost fort, it is not a ghost fort, don't worry people. But the uh -huh. ghost fort, our fort, we explored, we did explore down here, correct? Mm-hmm. So the only part we're missing is the, the like, the longish part of the island and this side. Mm-hmm. I think we will go. I'll go with them. I'm not taking a break. Or am I taking a break? One HP? A whole day? No, fuck it. No. Um, I'll go with them. It's me, Willa. What is considered a smaller, less spotable group? Four people? Four people is a pretty manageable group. Um, that's pretty... That is less spotable. I think when you hit eight... The between four and eight would be the next large chunk, and then 16 is the next large chunk. Well. It's going to be you and Willa. I'll go with me, Willa, and two spearmen. So they can, like, form their two-man wall. Um, And I'll take Gregor as well, because he's better at... <laughs> He's a wiser man than I am, and if we encounter anything like that, then, you know. Is that um, Gregor replacing one of the spearmen? Um, he is a spearman himself, right? So, yeah, that works for me. So, Gregor, Willa, one... Uh, me, Gregor, Willa, and one bowman? You, Gregor, Willa, and one bowman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, like we see up here. Yes, so actually I'll just take Julia. She has been with us before, so Gregor, Willa, Julia, me. We're taking a tent. Is that possible? Do, do the rest of the people still fit in if we take one tent? Yeah, one tent holds four people, so that's fine. Okay, so we'll take tent rations for two days. Um, And I think... I think that's it. Yeah. I'll take my rope, but otherwise, I don't think we'll take anything extra. <clears throat> rope and my tinderbox. I keep adding on stuff. So rope, tinderbox, the tent. Um, everybody takes their weapons. Um, and I refill my torch, I guess. My uh, lantern, if it's... Right. Rope, tinderbox, mm -hmm. tent, lantern, oil. Um, you said rations Weapons. for two days? Yep. Right. And we're leaving everyone else behind in the protection of Carl, who has sort of become the... the like the camp, camp manager. Leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's probably gotten pretty good at it as well over time, you know? Yeah. Days. That's right. He's done well so far. All right. Well, it's a small island. Which way would you like to go? Uh, you could go south or north. I would like to go north. 
And, uh... Well. But this time, stuff. not, like, through the... Not through the woods, but, like, closer to to the mountain because this area we have explored a little bit already so rather like here That's and we're on the lookout okay we're on the lookout for large hulking creatures with thick fur walking around in the forest okay, hunt. okay. yeah great. no not hunt you know sasquatch avoidance uh trip you know if we see a sasquatch we do not hunt <laughs> we avoid Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Would you roll me day 10 when you set up? Because you get back rest that night. Set up the next day. Roll me a D100. With pleasure. 26. And would you a 2D6, not 2D. Nine. Same weather as before. Dental light wind. That big. Mild penalties. We're gonna head north. We're gonna hug. We're gonna go with two of our second level fighters. hug the mountain, sticking pretty close to it. The group is sort of quiet. Willa has been with you everywhere you've gone. Gregor has been back <clears> at <throat> camp, so he missed all the excitement and gets caught up on it during the hike. He's the only low-raking in this party. Is he... You're bringing all your weapons and armor. That's a, a pretty easy, relatively easy budget. Until you come to a narrow little point area, um, which looks, once you get a little bit past it, it looks very, looks very much like that, that ghost town that you abandoned. That, that was somewhere right in this area over here. And when you come around and past, you can look back along, get to a point where the the coast is sort of near where the hill begins to rise, and you don't want to be walking uphill and down and up and down all day. So, skirting the edge of the mountain, you come to a sea, and looking up the coast, you can see, like, oh yeah, that that abandoned, unfinished set of buildings is right up that way. Here, you can see that there is a peninsula that extends for many miles, or there is the rest of the way around the mountain. Woods. Oak, where... And the rest of the way around the mountain. Which way would you like to go? So I feel like... If you were to signal a ship to pick you up and your signal is visible in the southeastern corridor here, quadrant, right? 
-hmm. then it would make sense that your camp would also be in that quadrant. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like. So first I'm going to explore the longish part of the mm -hmm. island. Okay. All right. Our party moves out along this long peninsula, and you're going to travel... Well, you could travel along the coast if you would like, or you can try and travel up the middle, or you could try to cross to the other coastline and travel up that side. Uh, how would you like to do this? When you say up the middle, does the, does the uh, terrain rise in the middle? A little bit, but it's not like um, It's not a great crest. That's not like perfectly flat, but it, there is some, you know, uphillness to it. It's a bit of a, a bulge. Yeah, we'll we'll walk along the bulge, Neil. Okay. You'll go through a forest for a little ways, and then the forest will end, and you'll go through some open terrain, mostly open, where you can see water on either side of you. There's another forest, and then some open terrain. And any soon... tracks by anything? There Any are animals? small tracks of small woodland creatures. Um, maybe there's squirrel tracks. You haven't seen any birds, but maybe there's bird tracks. Um, you know, th there are some little things here and there, but nothing that looks humanoid. Um, nothing that looks human. Nothing that looks like a yeti or a polar bear. Down by the beach, you do see disturbances <laughs> in the sand. That could just be like seals coming up onto shore or polar bears that have like, you know, they tend to swim and go from island to island and, and hunt food that way. So maybe there were polar bears that came on shore and then went back into the water. Uh, but none of the, the sandy marks also, none of the sandy marks come up onto the snow. Um, mm -hmm. And you've also observed some oddities of the weather here where it might snow and the snow will stack in some areas, but not other areas. So it's, there's a question mark on how much tracks remain in the snow. Like you followed your, you know, the, the 15 people or whatever you brought tracks out to the, that other camp you made and they were still there when you went back the next day. But other times they seem to disappear rather quickly. So no tracks in the snow that would be concerning that's fine that's mm -hmm. fine yeah elaine will look down towards the beach for a moment and in her mind she just imagines what it is like if you're trudging along the beach and then a polar bear pops out of the water mm -hmm. coming you know from his hand and so she's like we're going back the way we came we're not walking around the beach it's not right. happening um but you are still going all the way down the peninsula yeah 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 Excellent. we'll have a look yeah, well, you can get to the end of the peninsula by, ooh, not quite the end of the day, but a little bit before the sun is going to go down. Uh, it'll be setting in the west like it always does with a, a nice, beautiful view. Maybe in the far distance, if it's a really clear day, you might be able to see some, you know, mountains of Arcadia. Um, maybe, maybe just on the horizon, or maybe it's just like a, a low-flying cloud that you're tricking yourself into thinking is um, Wick Lambdo. Um... And yeah, that, that'll be about it. Not much to see today. Just a long, slow, quiet walk through the snow. 
ending. All right, I guess we'll set up the tent here then. Yep. There's you can make no camp. It's fine. It's fine. That's why Anita changes the music, because it's fine. This way. It's fine. Got my ones and tens places mixed up. The next day, it sounds like the party is going to do the other thing and come down the peninsula and circle around the other side. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the lookout for anything we see that might indicate that people have uh, chopped down wood or, you know, um, been on the hunt or things yeah. like that that would indicate we're somewhat close to a camp. Yeah, well... As you come down the peninsula, following the same path that you made yesterday, um, it seems pretty obvious in the forested areas and in the open areas that your tracks from yesterday are almost entirely gone. Um, but under the trees, they're, they're still there. Um, you can follow those. Excuse me. As you come down and start heading south putting the mountain between I'm sorry putting yourselves between the mountain and the sea you will quickly come across signs of civilization you will see an area where a bunch of trees have been felled in close order to one another and as you're observing the place you can see down to the beach nearby are the signs of many a footprint um, human looking footprints with boot marks on them you're observing these from a hundred meters out so you're not getting it in any great detail but it's unmistakably signs of of humanoids uh, man-sized humanoids not not yetis right and we are approximately here um approximately here-ish yeah somewhere right over in this zone Mm-hmm. And there's, you said there's an area that looks like they've chopped wood. Yeah, it's at one of the, you know, because the tr- there are areas of fairly dense woods, and then there's areas of like light woods, and it's one of in these slightly light wooden areas where a bunch of trees have been felled. Um, mm-hmm. There's no drag marks, so they must have been felled a while ago, um, and the the logs are gone, so you know. I mean, either they were felled a while ago, or the snow just covered this place up again really quickly. You know, we never, mm-hmm. we never know. Can mm-hmm. I tell by the? Well, I can only see the trees, right? Like I'm, I'm standing way back. We're a hundred feet away, so I guess we can't see them. The up close beach is like a hundred meters off, hundred yards off. Um, the trees are things that you've come across. Um, you're walking and walking, and then you look and you notice that it's like a little mound of snow. But at the peak of the mound of snow is the like white heartwood of a tree that has been felled, and so you don't mm-hmm. you don't notice the felled trees until you're upon them already. Okay, can I have, can we have a look at the felled? Uh, trees and see if it looks like you know that was a recent thing is the wood still light in color or you know does it look like it's rotting away it's not rotting away I don't know if you you rich city girl with coming from nice noble families knows what a recently or old felled tree stump might look like you're not a forester or a woodsman but I did come across a lot of felled 
trees in this expedition, yeah? Yeah, but Let's it's been like 10 trees. days. You wouldn't know, you wouldn't be able to tell if it's been like a day or a month or, you know, three months. You're just, it's a fucking, it's a tree stump. How would you know? I couldn't tell. I'd have spent yes, more time in the woods between than a, a lane. Day, between a day and a month? Of course you can tell. Have you chopped wood? I have never if felled a tree, a tree myself. And it's and it's like freshly cut down, like um, the I don't know what you call it, but the the wood itself is very very light if it's freshly felled. And you might also get some still sticky sap, um, like straight on the on the bark, and that doesn't stay for a month. If you're in a nice warm condition, that might be the case. But if you're in freezing weather. Unless it's like a maple tree or something, that sap will harden pretty fast. I don't know if Elaine has this information. Okay. Well, let's just continue on towards the, uh, through the wooded area, skulking forwards. Like Not where, going down you know, to the beach then. There's still any... Why would you go down to the beach? What? There were signs of civilization. Say... There were I don't know. Go... Well, can we get... I don't know. Are we at the very edge of the forest and the beach is down there? Is there a way that we can try to scout for a vantage point that gives us a better view of the beach? You are going through the lightly wooded section, so it's not particularly dense. You can see, um, you know, a half kilometer in all directions. It's a mm -hmm. a third of a mile for the rest of you. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So you could get down to the beach, probably. Um, or you could send yourself or someone to crawl through the snow and, and creep up to whatever ledge might overlook the beach. Or maybe maybe it's just a, a gentle downhill. Um, but you can't, you know, it's, you, the, the whole path is not visible from where you are. But you could get a little closer. You could just walk on over. You could have someone crawl through the snow. You could avoid it. I think I'll avoid it and make my way further through the forest. I don't, I don't care too much about the beach itself right now. Okay. I feel like, well, I feel like if you made a camp at the beach, you would probably press it straight against the the wall, mm -hmm. right, of the cliff. And mm -hmm. that means if you're looking down, you're looking down like you're straight over the cliff, hanging there with your head down, because mm -hmm. you wouldn't be like making the camp at the shore. So I just, I think it just sounds like a risk to crawl all the way up. So we'll just Excellent. keep exploring and see. And um, <clears throat> when you march. What is the marching order? If we scroll back up, um, is it Elaine in the front, followed by... How, how would you arrange your, your party? I think it would be, this time will be Gregor in the front, then Elaine, then the bowman, then the spearman, and then Willa in the back. Uh, you just named five people, but there's only four of you. Oh, sorry. Not that we don't have a spearman. So no. scratch the spearman. So it would be Gregor in the front, then Will the bowman. Uh, sorry. <laughs> One more time. It would be Gregor in the front, then it would be me, then it would be um, the bow person, and then it would be Willa. Perfect. Excellent. All right. My bad. It's all good. <clears throat> This is Gregor in the front. Poor 12 HP Gregor. And what was his backstory? He he signed up because 
he wanted to save his, you know, protect his people. Was that his? Am I remembering this right? Gregor. No, Gregor is the son of the servant, son to servants in the castle of Ralwick. He grew up with the he expectation. He just wanted to be an accountant. That's what he wanted to do. <laughs> he was supposed to serve the next, you know, um, ruler of Ralwick as his friend and as his advisor. He's got uh, a non-weapon proficiency in administration and horseback riding and reading and writing. Like, he's supposed to be the assistant, but his castle got burned and the people that he was supposed to be working with all died. And so um, as a, a stern follower of a stair, he decided, well, I, I can't do that anymore. I'm, I'm going to join up over here. And Gregor has 14 dexterity, which is really important in this situation. Because as he is walking across through the snow, there is the, the sound of ice cracking underneath his feet. And our dear friend Gregor is going to need to make me a dexterity check. Well, do I make the check for him? Yes, please. <clears throat> Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Success. My Gregor boy. will hear the ice cracking, scramble, and throw himself forward as the section that he's uh, walking over begins to crumble and fall into an icy crevasse under his feet. Gregor is on the other side of the crevasse. You're on your side of the crevasse. It's not huge. It's only like five feet across. But when you're encumbered and trudging through snow, jumping five feet is not necessarily easy. Your grip is not stellar. You don't actually know where the edge of that crevasse is. And um, the gear that encumbers you makes your jumping difficult. Not to mention the sound of the ice breaking and then tumbling and hitting the sides of this crevasse. That goes for a little bit. You know, the snow does absorb sound pretty well, but someone within 60, maybe 100 feet would have noticed. Okay. Good thing Gregor um, was in front today, because that that's a, a dangerous moment right there, Elaine. What's your dex, mm -hmm. out, of, uh, out of curiosity? My dex is okay. It's not, it's not terrible. Let's see. Okay. Um, too many character sheets. My dex is 13. Okay. Well, you would have passed that same check, so it's fine. <clears throat> yeah. So, if I understand correctly, there's a crevasse. There's no left or right to this. Oh, no, there's because... totally left or right. Yeah, the crevasse just, you know, from what you see, because you, you just see snow, and then there's a chunk where it's fallen away, <laughs> sort of like a sinkhole. Um, mm -hmm. And to the, you know, the crevasse only extends like 20 feet that you can see, but... Mm -hmm. Maybe underneath the snow, there's more like thin ice with a crevasse underneath that you just can't. Mm -hmm. You don't really know how far the break extends. You just mm -hmm. know that right here, there's a hole. It's probably fine. You could probably just walk 20 feet to either side and walk past Is it. There, are there trees on either side to the left or the right? Um, no, you're in this lightly wooded area. There are like some trees about, but there's nothing right there. Well, where's the next tree from here if I look to the left or right? Um, well, let's, let me give you a quick doodle here, because we're getting into some awkward zones. Uh, if we say that this blue that I'm about to draw 
um, represents the icy crevasse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we're looking left to right. There's also, you know, there's a, there's like a tree over here and there's like a tree over here and there's, you know, maybe a tree a little bit further down and maybe, you know, a tree a little bit further up. Um, so like there are trees to the left and right. So mm-hmm. technically the closest tree is what, you know, 20 feet away. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's no tree that would be approximately in line with this. Mm, not for a while. Yeah. And at that point, like, you know, if there were, if there were a tree a hundred feet away right here, like maybe that crevasse does extend in a straight line or maybe it, it curves and crooks, you know, it's hard to, who knows what the, who knows? There's not a clear safe point, unfortunately. Right. And with the well, snow just, covering the ground, I'm just, sure no one heard. It's fine. How deep is that crevasse? If I look at... How close do you want to look? How, how, how close do you oh, want to get mind. to look at? I don't even care. So I'm going to go to... I'll, well, I'll tell Gregor to get to one of the trees and go into cover. And we'll walk around the right-hand side of the crevasse um, to where like that first tree was. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. On the right-hand side, and we'll try to cross there, but I'll be very, um, well, I'll be mindful of that there's a possibility that it might crash. Who is going so, first? Um, I think I'll be going first, but I'm borrowing... Oh, we don't have another spearman, do we? Um, <laughs> um yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, going first. That's fine. I'm also um, probably the heaviest, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, hefty woman, hefty I will, armor. I will approximate where that is, and I'm going to take the rope. Yeah. All right. I'll hand the rope back to Willa and um, the other bow woman. Mm-hmm. The other end, and then I will pass like that area just to make sure that in case I crash in there, I still have a rope. Um, Got it. Attached so to me, and if there's nothing, then should be fine. Quick rope around the waist with you and all of your plate mail, handing the other end to the two archers who will sort of brace as you go across. Tiny prayer to Martha, you know, as you do. Let me just roll a quick die here. Why don't you make me that dexterity check after all? <laughs> yeah, cause that ice because does I... begin to split underfoot oh, why, and give why? way. And if you are fast on your feet, 30, with a 30, I am lightning. Okay, I'm lightning fast. Um, actually, with a thirty, I will let you choose which side of the crevasse to be on, because that's an excellent check. Mm, well, the other. Okay, I'll be on Gregor's side. Excellent. You throw yourself over. Um, very clear of everything. And the rope goes taut, and the the ice falls away. And now you and Gregor are on one side, and the archers are on the other. Wait, what happens with the rope? They're not holding on to it? Oh, no, they are holding on to it, but you throw yourself, and they're like, oh, my okay. God, she's going to fall, and they hold it, and, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Like, it okay. gets taut okay. as you, like, uh, okay. you know, action dive mm-hmm. away. Um, I don't know if there's a, a tree nearby or not. Did Gregor see where I landed? Like, yeah. Can I... Okay, I'll, I'll wave him over, and we'll, the two of you, either we fix the, the rope to a tree if there's one, or otherwise we will hold on to it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I could... If it's just five feet, you could probably take a swing over, right? That would be a possibility. If you could have fixed the rope high enough and close enough, then... Well, to Otherwise, swing over it, the rope would have to be actually on their side, and they would swing across. If it's on your side, mm-hmm. then the swing doesn't, like, then they're just losing altitude. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure how to get them, like, I need to draw that, because I'm not sure how to get them across, otherwise, if they can't swing. Yeah. Is there something to affix it to? Oh, no. Uh, well... Yes, but I feel like that phrase is not um, accurate enough to describe what you're asking for. That holds. Like, that also holds the rope uh, when one person is attached to it and tries well, to. Well, sure, cross. but like, are you going to try and attach it at ground level, or do you want to attach it like up on a branch from above? And and that, you know, if you're just trying to get the rope attached to something stable so it's not going anywhere, absolutely, 100%, you can find a tree to attach the rope to. But if you're trying mm-hmm. to attach the rope, like, up in the air for some sort of vertical action going on, um, then getting a, a thick enough branch requires climbing a tree and some other things, which are all very, very doable. I just want to understand when you say fix okay. a rope. Um, how far can you jump in second edition? Interestingly enough, they don't tell you. Rules-wise. If you have a jumping proficiency, you can do something. But without a jumping proficiency, uh, it's anyone's guess. It's really anyone's guess at that point. Uh, But a five-foot gap when it's, you know, death or survival (laughs) is a very... It's surprisingly difficult. I encourage each and every one of you to go out and measure five feet and place some lines there and run and jump over it on your first try with, you know, chainmail on. Yeah, well, that's the issue, isn't it? But I don't... I'm not... What do they have? Oh, they do have chainmail. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. The gear. It's so useful in combat, but it slows you down so much the rest of the time. It's probably why the the enemy so far has been ungeared. Um, with a jumping proficiency, if you have a 20-foot running start, you can jump 2d6 plus your level in feet. Which is pretty good. Well, Willa does not have a jumping proficiency. No. And I don't think Julia does. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's one tree on our side that could attach a rope like this, yeah? At its base? Absolutely. 100%. But there's none on the other side, correct? Yeah, there totally are, Um, but they will probably be more than 50 feet away. Plus the rope to tie around the tree, you know, it'll take at least 10 feet to tie around a knot. It leaves you only 40 feet, but you couldn't, there's not close enough trees that you could um, string a rope between the two of them. Okay, well, I'm just, I'll just put you through my thinking, okay? If this is like, um, if we tie the rope on this side and we tie it in a way that it is a short-ish rope, okay? Like the crevasse is only five feet, so we don't need that much rope. Mm -hmm. If I want the rope to be rather like, they hold it on this side, this is like the jumping side. Mm -hmm. And if, um, 
this is a pretty short crevasse. I feel like we could have it so there's like more rope left over here. Mm -hmm. um, even if they swung with their gear, for I feel like for five feet, okay, if, if uh, the crevasse is down here and you swing and you land like against the wall and then we can mm. pull them up, I feel like that should be doable. Like, so that would mean they are intentionally swinging into the crevasse and then climbing well, their way for up. Like, yeah, but for like, I mean, how far is the tree away? No, it's I know, a five but... feet crevasse, right? Yeah. So if you swing down from here, you're not going down like 10 feet. No, no. Um, wherever you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll be. You'll be five feet down. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to sort out what sort of check for people this would require. Well, it would require, I assume, one rope use at least. Um, well, I think you to can figure out the correct. No, I, th okay. I think the rope use isn't necessary because tying a rope to a tree is an easy thing. Any any old dum dum can do that. <clears throat> The, the question is when you when you have a rope and you sort of jump and swing into a crevasse and hit the other side, like, do you... If you brace with your feet correctly, you're good, right? But if your feet slip and you face plant into the wall, do you, like, lose your grip on the rope? You know, if you're, do your knuckles hit the wall and your grip slips? Or can you not hold your weight and you slide down a wee bit? I don't know. I also am not sure about the jumping into the crevasse. Like, I feel like if it's five feet, you should be able, and this is like a correctly um, placed rope, I feel like you should be able to hang yourself over that cliff and then push yourself away with your feet um, in the other direction. <clears throat> right, so if we look which at this... might, Which it's... might make less velocity, and therefore mm -hmm. your impact wouldn't be as hard. So if we look but I'm at this, not a climber, so well, whatever. <laughs> if, if we look at this yellow thing over here, um, the this line is ground floor, right? And the, mm -hmm. the crevasse, this is just going down into the ground. Um, mm -hmm. So a person could could um, let's see. There, there's a tree, right? And there's a rope around the tree, which comes to them. Um, and so they could. You're saying they could like sit and like slip their way down and then pull their way up yeah if the rope is not too long i think that yeah. should be possible because like i feel like if you you know take a running start and you just jump and you swing over there you're just putting too much pressure like too much speed right. on your stuff and you just got to crush into the wall so this is more I like i'm that's gonna necessary. and pull the rope taut and kind of like scooch off the ledge and just slide yes, and on then, over. Yes, and then, like, pop against the other side, so that, that will be... That's very idea. reasonable. Yeah, that should be totally fine. Since um, it's only five feet, don't try to do that with, like, a 20-foot 20, 20 crevasse or yeah, something, people. a five-foot uh, gap is not that big of a deal. It's totally fine. So let's do... Um... Let's do dex checks at plus five. Okay. No, I think that dex checks at plus six. That's a, a very okay. reasonable, very easy. Most people should pass that without any problems. Okay. Uh, I'll do Willow. Yeah. 
and it's but... we're dealing with like icy slippery things which is why i'm calling for decks i think everyone's got the strength to hold on to that and then other people can pull them up on the rope but um balancing yourself at the edge of the cliff and getting your grip right and everything and it's all icy it's fine okay so willow first oh 32 good yeah she's she's awesome and then what deck what decks does sonia have so uh Sonia the bowman the, the bowwoman mm-hmm. 12 mm-hmm. Julia 15 not With great plus 6 though is 21 oh, that's just a that's just a make it's oh, fine sorry. it's fine everyone crosses over climbs back up unhooks the rope deadly crevasse <laughs> passed hopefully no. unless it unless it goes around and then like in the next 20 feet there's the next crevasse Mm -hmm. you know yeah well the party can pack up their gear and as you move on you will come across um a small rise which looks down onto a small cove in which you can see not only footprints but people and i made their perception check and just like every other perception check i've made for the deserters it's been a shit show and they rolled another natural three on their perception checks and even though there's all this ropes and clamming and clamoring and crevasse and ice breaking happening just like you know a hundred feet away from them they just completely were ignorant on all of it and didn't notice any of it and now well, um, the, you know, the... Neil, I'll, I'll tell you something. So if you walk around here in the snow, you might realize that you can only hear really well people who are like right next to you. And yeah. everything that's like slightly further away gets muffled really yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. But they sh- statistically, they should not be failing this many perception checks. Anyway, you and yours... Oh, they, they'll keep them for later. <laughs> it's coming. You and yours can look down from this little bit of a, a rise, this little bit of a cliff, into what is sort of like a canyony bit. Like there's there's a bluff leading down to a beach, and there's a bit of a canyon that might have once been a, a creek or a river. Um, and in fact, that crevasse that you fell into might have be just like a further extension of this canyon in some way, shape, or form. Uh, maybe it splits to mul- who knows what exactly is going on. But down in this little canyon thing, there's plenty of footprints, and there's Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rise of Drekus, Chapter 1, Episode 3, Part 4, The Fall of Elaine Pentelin. No. I mean, you just actually just passed the crevasse. You didn't fall. You went through a style. It's fine. The Rise? The Rise of Elaine Pentelin? The Rise, if it's not the fall? Yeah, Yeah. let's hope it's still the Rise. Okay. So let's get some tense music here because you and your people are standing right above the the enemy, right? Right above them. And they haven't noticed you here, but if you try to move away super quickly and scramble and kick some snow off the cliff, well, someone's sure to look up. Um, so our party pauses, notices the soldier just below them leaning on their spear shield strapped to their arm you know picking their nose a little bit <sighs> starving and so then they eating it yeah well not surprised that that guy didn't make it 
with a perception check. Um. Okay. It doesn't matter. No matter how, like, if we alarm them in any way, they will come looking. So I think I will first point towards. Um, I think we're all, you know, pressed, pressed back a tiny little bit. And then I will give them, give them the sign to like one after another, very slowly, like back off, you know. The party scooches away quietly, crunching in the snow. Um, I'm having a hard time imagining what the surroundings look like. Ah, that's a great, great thing to bring up. Um, So the beach is before you, and there's like a bit of a rise, a bluff, you would call it. Mm -hmm. And there is a a canyon or a crevasse in the bluff that comes back in your direction, which is what you've stumbled across without realizing it. But that extends Mm -hmm. maybe... Um, 100 yards, 100 meters out, and then the beach sort of continues left or right in either direction. And that is maybe 25 feet below you. It's like a 25-foot drop. 2d6 damage if you fall. Um, Up on this upper area, it's sort of gently rolling, you know, not large hills, but not super flat. And then all you're looking at is the tops of the snow, so maybe it's just like where the snow has mounted. Um, there's the occasional tree, you know, they're maybe a hundred feet apart or so, maybe a little bit less in some places, a little more. Two trees might grow from one spot, but you know, it's fairly sparse, not a lot of great cover. Um, down on the beach, which is facing southeast, you can see the rolling waves. They're very small right now, terrible surf. Um, and you can see scores of footprints um, leading out from this little cave or crevasse area onto the beach. Some going to the left, but the overwhelming majority going to the right. And the right is generally the direction you are headed. When you're saying the right, and that's the direction we're headed, that it's like... We're facing southeast, so that will be southwest, yeah? The right would just be south. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah. All that. Okay. So, just so I understood that crevasse correctly, the crevasse we cracked up was somewhere up here behind us. But there seems, that seems to still extend, and there's some kind of cave down there? Yeah, it appears that that there's some cave entrance that they, that this guy is standing in front of. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing is there's a real possibility to, I didn't see any tents when we spied down real quick, right? None. There's a real possibility that these people are staying down there in the crevasse and that we could possibly use our surroundings to our advantage and just cause a little cave-in, for example? Maybe. But if that is their base, then it is however many people you think might be there all down there. Or maybe some are spread out doing things during the day. Who knows? Um, But it's the four of you standing over what appears to be a cave that is guarded by a Drakissian soldier in armor. Right. Um, I want us to uh, disengage and follow the uh, direction into the south where the more of the footprints lead so maybe we can catch another group that split off like you know another group of loggers or something mm-hmm. um because it seems too too dangerous if 
people are really in there. Maybe the cleric is even in there. Yeah. What spellcasters are. You never know. You know, they're always up to no good. Mm-hmm. This uh, uterus-looking thing is the bluff and um, everything. The ocean is... Don't don't you do it. Don't you. Unnecessary ovaries. We're gonna it's have to not do. an ovary. It's a funny face. Look. I don't this know what you're ser- talking about. This is a serious moment here, Faye. Um, okay, sorry. sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, these little white rolls are the, the rolling waves that are coming on in. And there are some footprints that make trails that come mostly out into the right, but also out into the left. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is one baddie. We should use this one. There we go. One baddie right here underneath you. And our heroes, I'm going to drag you on down, are something like this. And you had stumbled across this by accident. Yep. And I think we want to, if it's possible, back off further into this direction down here. Right. Okay, I'm gonna just... Ex- because I feel like if we just walk over here, there's a chance that this is gonna go fall and fall down, and we'll just crash straight into the end boss fight, and we really don't want to do that. Yeah. And somewhere <clears throat> down here, if we you know, zoom out and scroll down a wee bit... <clears throat> um, let me make sure I get my distances right. Somewhere down over here, on the left side, is where that crevasse that you... Um, managed to cross was so the party kind of crossed over here and then something caught your eye and you I guess you're probably over on this side actually now that I look at how it would be arranged something caught your eye and you came this way and you spotted it like that if I had an educated guess I would say the crevasse is probably somewhere like that yes it could be curving a little bit but I doubt it would be going like this and then like this Mm-hmm. Oh, you never know. But who knows? So, th- right. Mm-hmm. And the the yellow arrows indicate the direction you were generally headed in. Yes, and you said this direction is where more footprints lead away from their place. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Then we will uh, crevasse. Well, then we would back away like that as well. So I would say mm-hmm. roughly like this. Mm-hmm. You know, slowly bringing distance between us and the beach. <clears throat> and then, I guess, from that direction on, I would be moving here. 25 feet. So, in the direction of the most footprints. Yes. Okay. Would... The footprints are down here, they're not up here. Right, right. And okay. no one ever comes right. up on cliffs. Yeah, it's fine. No, no. All right, Elaine, Pentolin. Roll me the best perception that your group has. <clears throat> I have to check. So, how much does Julia have? I don't have a stress. Uh, Julia's got a 10. Solid 10 out of 10. Well, 10 out of 18, but you know. Well, Gregor has a 6, so he's not rolling. Willa has 12, and I have, I believe, 12 as well. No, 11, so Willa's rolling. Okay. All right, Willa. Let's go. 
26, my girl. Okay. Excellent. <clears throat> As you proceed down this way, <clears throat> you soon hear the voice, a commanding voice. Um, and Willa will hold everyone to a stop. The rest of you, well, you're just a little bit lower than Willa. Um, she will listen for a moment, and as you, you know, the the sound of the crunching slows down to just the sound of the breathing, and then as the breathing slows down to just the sound of your heartbeat in your ears, you too are able to pick up this voice, this commanding voice, who is telling its listeners to turn their eyes towards the heavens for the truth of the situation lays before them they are not doomed but they are in danger there is an enemy here and this enemy is the same thing as their savior whoever it is that is here whoever it is that decapitated the bodies we found in the woods they are bringing a boat or they have a boat, and that is our escape. Once we are gone, we shall rally the appropriate people. There are those who have been working to deal with the demonic queen, and with our knowledge, we shall find these saviors of ours over the seas and bring them here to rid Arcadia of its last, its final evil. Okay, we only hear it, we don't see it. Yeah, it must be coming from... It's somewhere off in that distance. But it's definitely some sort of sermon. A practiced thing. Um, it has that that pacing and that intonation of a person who is used to directing um, their flock. It could be the the cleric. It could be one of the knights. Um, but someone okay, is inspiring mm-hmm. I have a question because I'm not sure if it's a language thing or if it's a service thing like a general question so she said raise your eyes to the heavens mm-hmm. is that would that be part of a normal Dracusian sermon where you're like oh yeah that's how we pray or is that a thing where look I actually brought you something you need to look at no that that's more of like a behold the gods and the power of the right. majesty of the sky and you know it, it's a uh... okay i just wanted to make sure she's not you know projecting something into the sky and i'd be missing out on that what direction is that coming from neil uh, generally in front of you and a little bit towards the beach but you know it's hard to tell out here it's somewhere in front of you you think it's that direction but it could be there or it could even be all the way over here <laughs> I'm giving you a 90-degree cone of confidence. (laughs) Okay. Um, Since there are still no footprints here, I think we would still move on for a little bit and get a little bit closer. Probably very, very slowly and with as much cover as we can. Mm-hmm. Does um, that mean like not- crawling, or does that mean like hunching down? Like when you know you're walking. I think hunched, I think hunched down, uh, not not quite. You know, 
not quite crawling on your arms and legs, but like, you know, like a crab. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like backwards on your hands and feet? Yeah, and you do this <laughs> as you walk. <laughs> no, oh, okay. You mean like squatting, <laughs> like a like yeah, a squat walk. Okay. And we okay. do <laughs> Well, because crab walking is a thing, but it's on your hands and feet, so yes. it's no. I'm my bad. I'm sorry. I meant to squat walk. Cultural, I was just missing the right yeah, cultural the languages. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's it's not a, a crab walk in German either. So don't worry about it. All um, right, but yeah, I was trying to slightly, give you some cover. Slightly but... crouched, slightly crouched down. You know, working out them legs. Okay. Well. Your group can continue forward until, sure enough, you reach one of these, like, gentle ups and downs where you come over it just a little bit and you can see that, oh, maybe 60 feet in front of you, um, down a slight hill where it looks like this part of the the terrain just, like, gently slopes down to the beach. Um, There's a large tree that has been felled and it's sort of, like, laying next to the stump. It's standing on the stump is this cleric. Um, who's making these broad gestures and preaching about all of the the evils and how the the people who have come here to kill us I don't, are actually our saviors. I don't want to saviors. even stay that long and listen, okay? I just want to have a glimpse at how many people are there at the sermon. And what do they look like? You know, is it like, oh my god, I can barely stand. And, like, that's all, that's all I care for. I'm not standing in the back listening to everything that... Uh, that person has to say yeah um give me a quick perception check just to see how accurate of a head count you can get when you like look and dart back just by yourself real easy 27 is great 27 yeah you instantly count um 10 drakissian warriors uh soldiers in their armor and their shields and their chainmail, and uh five Solomese mercenaries who st- who now have their chainmail and their shields and their axes um, and you see the, the cleric you do not see the two knights um, you don't see any of the others okay and how would I assume they approach this position it looks like they just walked along the beach until they got to this large tree that was felled. And it's just, you know, a okay. gentle pathway, a gentle inclined plane down to them. Okay. Um, I would like for us to, if we keep heading that, like, I want to circumvent them, head into that direction further, further down, not towards the beach, but like further down into that direction and circumvent them if possible and just put a little bit more distance to kind of do around, mm-hmm. um, yeah. go around them. Yeah. You, the group, hurries on as you can yes, away. Yes, we're together. Um, and you are alerted to their presence. Uh, maybe two minutes later by the sound of whistling arrows as they streak overhead. Someone must have seen you. Someone must have spotted you. Some of those spearmen must have taken up bows. Um, These shots are all at minus three. 
but a flurry of arrows will come your way. Uh, these are at you, Elaine. You're, this is to your back, so you don't have your shield, and you've got, uh, they've got plus two to hit, and then they've got minus three to hit. So these are at minus one against your AC of 17 in this situation. Uh, nope, all misses. Same thing against your spearman. Uh, his AC is 15, but these are at minus one, so that's a miss. These are against your bowman, your fancy bowman. The 15, the 18 will hit, and these are against your pleb bowman. Uh, all misses. So you will take one, Willa will take three points of damage as one arrow strikes her in the back when you get, uh, ooh. Well, let's just drop the last one of, off of each of these because it was only supposed to be 12 shots, which actually means Willa does not get hit, unfortunately. 12 what arrows mean, fly overhead. What do you mean, unfortunately? Whose side are you on? I thought you were not supposed to fight against me, Neil. I'm on all sides. I want all of my players and NPCs to succeed. Uh, a flurry of 12 arrows will fly in your direction, scattering amongst the four of you, some pinging into your armor, some landing in the snow ahead of you, some dropping behind you. Um, and I think that will alert you all to look back and you see these exhausted these like hungry tired soldiers in their armor and their weapons like trudging up the snowy hill after you with some bowmen at their backs and the cleric there yeah I think we will I think we'll still uh, book it Okay. I think we do not we do not turn around. I'm not yeah. that worried about the fighters, but I am worried about the cleric. So yeah, um, the bowman will get another set of shots at you. These are going to be at a further minus three. So this is a, a penalty of four to these shots as you as the party moves into long range. Um, and we'll do three because we can actually count this time. Three against Elaine. No, Nettie. Uh, so that is a 16. Four, yeah, that's a miss. Against Gregor. Uh, uh, the 19 might... Uh, no, no, wait, it's a minus 15. four, Yeah, it becomes a 15, but he doesn't have a shield, so his AC is 15. So that will hit Gregor. For six. Ooh. Uh, three oh, against terrible. Willa, which will miss. And three against Julia. Uh, that's a 13 will miss only Gregor will take any damage um, as the party flees so he's at 6 HP half yeah now you're all similarly encumbered but they are fatigued um, they cannot catch you They're, mm -hmm. if you are moving away from them and trying they will not catch you promise you um, as long mm -hmm. as, you know, you're not getting stopped by crevasses or bridges or, or anything else like that. Uh, the question, now that escape is all but certain, is where do you go? How do you choose to leave this area? So we are... Um, you're somewhere over here. Leaving, the... I think we're leaving further southward. Like that. Okay. Are you That's the direction along... we're headed to anyways, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you hugging along the coast? Are you trying to head towards <clears throat> the mountain? Um These you know, the answers don't it doesn't matter which answer you pick, I just need to know which way we're going. Mm, 
I think we would be hugging the mountain simply because we've been in that area before. Okay. And if I remember correctly, down here there would also somewhere that. I still would like to avoid the river where the where we met the polar bear, if that is possible. At least not cross at exactly the same spot. Yeah. Because that was also somewhere like here. So, yeah. Otherwise, we would be... Yeah, I guess between the mountain and the coast. Some, something like this. Okay. Well quickly we go there's only four of you you're in better health you're in better conditions you might have a little bit more gear but they are famished um and they're tired our party can escape roll me d100 not again actually do it twice for me please and thank you nine okay 19 and 74 well, the 74 is great. The 19, not so much. Mm, well, no, that's the wrong set of buttons. I need you to roll me. One, two, three, four, five. I need you to roll me a D... Nine. Sure. Are you sure it's a D nine? Yes. Nine. It's nine polar bears. <laughs> <clears throat> no, no, one through six would have been monsters. Uh, seven oh, through nine no. are worse. They're they're environmental things. You can't see them coming. Oh boy! But the party is in full fledged retreat. <laughs> um, I need you to roll me a d4 to see which one of your party members triggers this this beautiful this beautiful uh, encounter. Ew. Uh, two is Gregor. Unfortunately, wounded Gregor. Oh God. Oh God, buddy, old pal, um, you're you're trying to flee from these people, and every now and then, you know, everyone's exhausted because it's snow and it's gear, and you're huffing and puffing. You stop to catch your breath, and you can hear them shouting in the distance, and they're a little bit more spread out, but they're coming, right? And so the party is moving, and wouldn't you know it? There's one of these like creeks or rivers that has just a bit of ice on top of it and a little bit of snow on top of that. So you don't realize you're crossing a, a, a watery section until you're already on top of it and you're like crunching on the snow and it's a little bit firmer. You get a little bit further out when someone kicks and you realize it's ice and Gregor's section is thin. Gregor needs to make me a saving throw versus death. Um, to avoid the cracking of the ice under his feet. And if you make the save is the number or below, yeah? A number or above. Above? Oh boy, okay. Come on, Gregor. 14 or higher? Come on. 
16, my boy. Yes, you're crossing this frozen river. The ice begins to crack. It begins to break underneath his feet. But Gregor, being the, the trained warrior that he is, like puts his spear across the ice horizontal. So as he falls in, he can catch himself on it and then like, you know, begin to, to at least not get swept underneath the, the icy flow. But now you're in a dilemma because it's you and your three other people and you're being chased. They're a little bit behind you and Gregor's fallen into the ice. Do you stop to bring him out? That gives them time to catch up. It might expose you to more arrow attacks or maybe the ice will break and someone else will fall in. Maybe he's going to slip in anyway. If you leave him behind, you can guarantee to save the lives of your three people. Um... What do we do about Gregor? I will I will um, wait for Willa and Julia to keep running. And I say, take positions on the other side of the river. Okay, so they get their bows out, and I'll try to uh, get Gregor out of the ice. You, the heaviest, in the most armor, are going to go on the area of thin ice and rescue Gregor. Well, I do have a rope still on me, right? All right, yeah. So the problem is this does take time, and Gregor tries to get out in the meantime. Um, But so I have, I will, how, how wide is that river? Just because I can't picture it. You know, wide. Um, it's covered in snow. So honestly, you don't know the, the full width of it. It could be 20 feet or and it could be 60 feet. And how, just, far is the next, how far is the next tree, if I look at it? Um, 150 feet. Okay, so I will move. I will move 20 feet from Gregor. Okay, I will, I'll move past, like, wherever Willa and the rest... Or we crossed, right? So we will. Uh, I will, like, walk past there. Um, and I will drop drop the rope, um, and I will like slide it across to to Gregor. Then I'll like so stand twenty feet away from him. You get like twenty feet away from Gregor. You hold one end of the rope, and you like slide the other end in his direction. Well, it's snow above, right? So you couldn't mm-hmm. slide it. I would have True. to. You, you I would have it. to drop it. Yeah, I would chuck okay. it. But you can't chuck a rope twenty feet because if, unless you're like a cowboy, I guess. So I'll walk like, I'll walk 10 feet past him. Okay, so I only have to chuck it 10 feet and then I move the other 10 feet. What are you looking at? I'm looking at the the die I rolled to see (laughs) what happens when you get closer to the ice and you get Mm -hmm. within 10 feet of Gregor um, and the ice begins to fracture and the mm-hmm. ice begins to split. Um, well, and... I can still move. If you say it begins to, then it does. I don't crash in, right? So I can still like leave the rope and then move away. I'm gonna need another dex check from you, Faye. It's a pass. 23. Yes. Um, the ice begins to give way underneath you. You're aware that it's thin ice, so you're a little bit more on top of your things. That's why we're doing a dex check here. And you can feel it begin to give way and backpedal. And, like, the section where you were stepping, the, the snow caves oh. in, and the ground gives way a little bit. And now Gregor has, like, a little, you know, he's got a spear on either side of the, the icy flow. Mm-hmm. You can see that he's being sort of swept at an angle. Like, the, the water is flowing under the ice, and he's getting pulled. And he's just holding mm-hmm. on for dear life and he's calling mm-hmm. you know Lieutenant yeah. Pendulin! Pendulin! <laughs> well I do have a rope I do have a rope use proficiency so I feel like I should be able to chuck the rope at least more accurately than somebody who doesn't you know yes yes alright um give me a, a strength check 
Should be easy. Just get it in his general direction at a good 19. distance. The first toss, whoosh, not so good. Um, give me a a strength check for Gregor. Can he continue to hold on before getting swept away? Oh man. <laughs> Do I have him open? Yes. Come on. No, it's looking bad. Oh, that is not good. Uh, is that a, that's a failure? That is a nineteen on his strength check. Gregor <laughs> loses grip and gets swept under the ice. What are you gonna do? Do you go after him? Do you leave him? Well, I'm going to grab my rope and I'm going to head across the river. All right. Willa and Julia are over there. They have bows out. Um, and as you cross the river, in the distance, you can see the faded green of old Drakissian uniforms coming towards you. Right. And we're heading away. We're heading out. We're running. You're running. Okay. Uh, the other D100 you rolled was a 97? No, a 74. A 74, sorry. Yep. All right. There's no more encounters then. You can make your way back to camp. Um, they mm-hmm. will follow. They will probably be slowed by the same things that, that caught Gregor. Uh, mm-hmm. And the party will get back to camp well ahead of the others who are fatigued and exhausted and now caring full mm-hmm. of supplies. But aware of your presence, aware mm-hmm. of your camp, aware that, a, or at least expecting a ship to come and get you or that you already have a ship with you. And you are aware, you are aware that um, their expectation is your death is their salvation. Mm-hmm. And that is where we're going to end our session for the day. Um, yeah. So. Like the other ends of our sessions, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about what is going through Elaine Pentelin's mind um, and how she is assessing and feeling about this situation. Well, she feels a lot better about the fact that there's no boat coming for them. You know, she doesn't know what that beacon is for exactly, but it's very clear that there's no time frame, no clear plan for a boat to arrive to save them, where it's like, we were, you know, we were going to be picked up in a month. Like, there's nothing coming. So the beacon is really more there to attract any boat that would come past the island and maybe have a look. But there's nobody really coming for them. Um, mm-hmm. Because they said they would have to sail t- to the other continent or to Solom or to the other coast and then tell people what happened and then they would come back. So it is a relief to know that there's really nobody coming their way. Um, it's also good to see that people at the main camp are not well fed, are still very exhausted. Like the, she has to bank on that because the numbers are pretty even ish, you know? Um, and I think they actually might have a chance if these people really follow them all the way to their camp then they are rushing in um, into a place where they that they might have seen before but they are not like super familiar with right they don't know where our guards are they haven't been in the camp itself so it would actually be easier to fight in our camp than it would be to fight in their camp Mm -hmm. and even if they decide to turn around we might catch at least a few of them um you know, and kill a few of them before they decide to retreat, which would also bring the numbers in our favor again. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think she feels pretty bad about Gregor. <laughs> but, um... It was such a snap decision, I'm not sure she has had the time to really think about it just yet. And drowning in the ice happens so fast. You know, so... Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Today's been a, a hard session for Elaine. She's had to execute deserters, even people that seemed like they didn't want to desert. She's had to leave a comrade behind that if the situation were a little bit less dire, maybe could have been saved. Maybe, just maybe. Um, but it's gone as well as could be expected. I don't think... I don't think anyone came... Well, I don't think Elaine came into this with the idea that everyone was going to leave the island unscathed. Right? there, The expectation was that there were going to be casualties. I think the expectation was that it was entirely possible that we wouldn't make it at all. You know? You have to be mm -hmm. realistic about... Very realistic about these things. And um, the odds didn't look great for us from the very start, so... You know, we'll see. We'll see how it develops. But yeah, casualties are to be expected, unfortunately. Yeah. Hmm. Well, our wounded friend, our wounded spearman, does get two days of rest and regains two HP. Um, Elaine is still at 21 out of 31, having worked every day that she's been here. <laughs> Give that woman a break. Nope. No rest for the wicked. Um, we have gained some amazing doodles of crevasses and uh, ledges and rope trees and ropes. All right. So what? how does this reflect on the greater Drakissian Empire? Well, we see that there is no mercy for traitors, for deserters, uh, for betrayers, and for oath breakers. Not a lick of mercy. And that is to be expected. Um, we continue to see Elaine wounded, Elaine. One third HP down, Elaine. Lead from the front. And not, say, send off ten people in, you know, groups of ones or twos to scout the whole island and report back. But instead, taking on the most dangerous role herself. And we see her taking the difficult job of executing on herself and not... It would have been easy to pass that off to somebody. Um, I think that shows as much as it can that the Drakissian Empire is... Not quite a meritocracy, but they value being the one to do the work yourself. There's not a lot of delegation happening here. In fact, these mercenaries that you're dealing with are a little bit of the delegation that Dracus has had to do, and it didn't go well, although maybe not because of the mercenaries after all. Um, but Dracus seems to be the sort of place where if you want something done, you show up to do it. You don't just pass it off to an underling. You, you take the risks yourself, and you put yourself in the position of 
hardship and responsibility. Drekus is shaping up to be a pretty decent empire. Not particularly abusive, not particularly cruel. Giving people a final word. And, um... Having to make the occasional hard decision about who to leave behind for the safety of everyone else. Yeah? I think, um... One aspect of it is also the the rising, right? So if you are somebody who wants to make it in Drakis or in the Empire right now, then you need to be taking risks and you need to be... Um, you need to learn things and you need to learn really fast, right? Um, so taking on new experiences is maybe one way how you could establish your own position in this new rising uh, empire by, you know, moving ahead by yourself and not just delegating because there's always the risk somebody else is going to take your post in the end, right? Because they see more experience and people will listen to them. So if you want people to listen to you and if you want to be the one uh, to rise up, you'll have to take risks and you have to uh, be in the front line a little bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, this will wrap us up for our episode today. We will probably be back next week. We've got to, we'll do our planning offline. You'll see it on the calendar. You'll see it announced everywhere. Um, there should only be one or maybe two more sessions left in this first chapter. And then we will come on to the second and third chapters, which are likely going to happen simultaneously side by side. Um, more information on that in the near future anything to say yeah. before we go today um i just wanted to say it is pretty nerve-wracking playing a one-on-one -on -one campaign uh you know that deals with the uh, post-scoria dracus um i want to say a big thank you to everybody who's you know said nice things has enjoyed it uh, has supported us um this is neil's campaign it was his idea, and um, we have to thank his creativity for it. So if you would like to see formats like this, oh. maybe also with other people, you should uh, go to his Patreon and definitely support him. And if you do not have the money to support him on Patreon, you should go to YouTube and leave a nice thumbs up and leave a nice comment. And you better leave a nice comment. <laughs> so that's all I have to say. Yeah. Because you Thank know you what happens to traitors and deserters. Oh yeah, you know what happens if you don't fall in line. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll catch everyone hopefully next week. Bye-bye.